0: Chiefs fans, this is the Sports Radio 810 WHB Post Game Show. Presented by CBD American
1: Shaman. Life is better with the feather. New year, same Chiefs. Same Chiefs-Broncos matchup, in fact. Not exactly the same as when these teams met not too long ago. But 2023 doesn't mean you escape the stress of a game getting characteristically weird for the Kansas City Chiefs. Hello and happy new year. Welcome in to the Sports Radio 810 WHB post-game show presented by CBD American Sham and free CBD samples. Everyday I'm Joshua Briscoe here with you on the mic. Beard's McFly on the other side of the glass. Dylan Michaels producing around the building as well. 2724 and by the second half as it things went on the way that they did in the back end of the game 27-24 felt about right. That was not how I was feeling at halftime even though, you know, the Broncos made some of that ground back in the second quarter. This one's going to be an interesting one to decode because I'm, I'm genuinely curious if the majority of Chiefs fans uh, may be uh, nursing a hangover just as much as the Chiefs appeared to be at times in this game. I wonder if this is going to uh, just check off a lot of the same boxes that some of these more recent kind of underwhelming games have. Or if if you're in my shoes, what I saw in the first half of this game was, in a lot of ways and in a couple of key places, Incredibly encouraging. I was kind of excited by halftime because of where this team was set up in a couple of places on offense and defense. Not you, special teams. Not you at all. Early in this game, Patrick Mahomes was sharp. He was throwing absolute needles. Uh, Some of them were completed. Some of them weren't. That one to Juju would have been a highlight reel for the ages. Just barely missed it. Uh, A couple of plays with Kadarius Toney and some designed work with Sky Moore. The offense was looking good, largely humming and making me feel like the the playoff version of the Chiefs offense that right now are kind of in the on-ramp for. Still know McCole Hardman. He had a setback in practice this week, according to the Chiefs. I was excited. Mahomes was sharp. Tony and Sky were, were in the mix and the offense was starting to look like what I thought it could ultimately look like once the playoffs get around. I, I am kind of buying into a couple conspiracy theories about how the Chiefs at this point really aren't going to show all of their Sky Moore stuff until playoff time, although now we have serious questions about his hand. Um, he was not, you know, carted off or limping off or anything, so this was a surprise in the broadcast, but Sky Moore was ruled out with a hand injury during the game. Do not know the play that it happened on. Um, do not know if it was a, a ball bouncing off a finger, if it was something uh, more violent or specific than that. We'll get an update from Andy Reid, and I'm sure here momentarily, uh, and then we'll continue to you know track that throughout the rest of the week. You hope it's not serious, but when you get ruled out with a hand injury that quickly, not great news for a young wide receiver as the playoffs are almost here. So that's one thing you have got to be worried about right away. Joe Tooney, similar deal, ruled out with an ankle injury after returning to try to play a little bit. He goes to to return. Eventually, Nick Allegretti comes back in on the next drive. And we don't see Tooney again. He's ruled out. Legereus Sneed left the game with that scary-looking hip issue when he got rocked after the interception. He did return, though, which is obviously incredible news for the Chiefs defense. They need Legereus Sneed. The special teams have kind of, at this point, like, gone beyond the possibility for parity. And look, I, I don't... Kadarius Tony's fumble does not reflect on Dave Tobe, okay? Please don't please don't call in and blame Dave Tobe for Kadarius Tony's fumble. We needed to see somebody else back there. Tony's been pretty good in that role. It wasn't like he muffed it like Sky Moore did, where he could not pass a critical part of that routine. Ball popped out on the return. I can live with that. I don't love it, obviously. But the special teams unit as a whole has to take responsibility for that moment. You have the missed PAT. You have the disaster at the end of the first half. And you can very easily chalk up 11 points in this game. A swing of 11 total points. Because the Russell Wilson rushing touchdown after the Tony fumble. And then the four points in the kicks. Special teams cost you 11 points in this game. That's untenable. You can't have that come playoff time. I know it. You know it. Everybody knows it. I don't know how you fix it. I don't know if you can fix it. In a week or two. Might just be broken. I don't know. The frustrating thing is that that has to be early in the conversation that otherwise could have really been a fun one today. Because not just all of those things I mentioned offensively back in the first half where things really seemed like they were humming again. And getting Tony and more involved just adds an extra little dimension to what this offense can do. But then in the second half, you have Patrick Mahomes just, just being off. I don't know if there's a, an injury that that came up in this game. There were a couple of weird low hits on Mahomes that I was watching at the time, but nothing seemed to come of it. And then later in the game, I think about it again, because it's weird when Patrick Mahomes looks uncharacteristically inaccurate. And then the offense kind of got its mojo back a little bit later on. They did enough to end up escaping this with a win. And at this point, I, I this isn't me moving the goalposts. It's just the point of the season we're in. You really can't just kind of tell me if the Chiefs win or lose the game, and then I could move on. If I could hit the sim to playoffs button, I would do it right now. I would have done it a couple of weeks ago. But the other thing that bums me out is that for about a game and a half, if not maybe a tiny bit more, the Chiefs' defense has been really excellent, and not flawless, right? Like, you, please, you know, feel free to remove the eighty-five Bears and what two thousand Ravens from your mind. I'm not saying they're going to win a bunch of games, seven to three, or three to two. It'd be nice for beards, though. But for the second consecutive week, the defense came into this game looking like the aggressors. Whenever the, the Broncos were doing all their short little dink and dunk stuff, it felt like the, the DBs closing in had their ears pinned back and were either blowing up the play or I think it was uh, Trip McDuffie earlier. I'm going to have to go back through my notes again. There were a couple of instances, and one really stuck out at the time, of, once again, defensive backs rallying to the ball, just kind of rerouting Jerry Judy at the line of scrimmage, and then other guys could come in and, and clean up the play. That being a part of this defense is huge. So much of the worst stretches of defense for this team this season has been when it's felt like they've been on their heels, waiting for the offense to come to them. If the ball comes this direction, I'm going to stand here. I'm going to stand my ground. I'll wrap you up. I'll fall backwards, and we'll keep the ball moving. But we we won't allow anything big to happen behind us. And it feels like they're not thinking through all of that anymore. And it's just see ball, get ball, swarm to ball, not just me, but me and two or three of my teammates. That's really encouraging because just that amount of growth from this defense. Just that makes me think, I mean, makes me confident this team can win a Super Bowl. You, you just want to see the attitude and the execution come together. And it really has for the majority of these last two games for the Chiefs couple of defensive drives today did not go how you'd like them to go but that touchdown after the tony fumble is simply not on them i don't care you can say oh but you you stand up in the red zone sure and giving it up on one play not great but that that is not on the defense's resume at least not to the tune of seven whole points if you want to say oh it would have been nice if you could have done something there i hear you but i remain overall encouraged by the tenor of the defense I am worried about the turning into a pumpkin at halftime offensively. But then you do finally get a functioning drive. That after your defense gives you the ball back, you score, you get the ball back from your defense again, you score again. And then it was the defense kind of, you know, getting kind of spooky, letting them back in, and then the offense giving it back one more time, and the defense stands up in the end. Your offense gets a first down on a play that did not fill me with confidence, and you squeak through. I felt a lot better at halftime than I did at the end of regulation. And the, the margin of that game was exactly the same. It was three points both in both instances. But I liked how the offense and defense were playing in the first half and the special teams were a nightmare. In the second half, the defense had, what was it? Make it two drives you're unhappy with. I hear you. Two touchdown drives. Don't want to allow them. Long, plodding drives, That a couple of chunk plays. I can live with all of that. But it is going to be really, really, really frustrating in a couple of weeks when there is an seemingly inevitable special teams mishap that cost the Chiefs some points. I don't know if it's going to send them home. I don't know if they're going to have, maybe a, by, by all miraculous forces of the football gods, maybe the Chiefs special teams will have their best game in the playoffs. That could happen. But the thing that would make that happen would not be consistent behavior on tape. The thing that would make that happen would be good coincidental timing. Because it continues to be a a frustrating unit, and you can't just say it's all on Dave Tobe. You can say some of it's on Dave Tobe. I'm not necessarily here to be like the world's biggest defender of Dave Tobe. Skymore being put back there as often as he was is a reflection of the coaching. Canarius Tony getting the ball knocked out on a return that he fielded cleanly. Right before and right after a a couple of offensive plays where Tony in space looked like the most dynamic thing on the field. I'm happy for him to be back there. If he ends up developing an overall fumbling problem, that will be something to monitor. Something to monitor now. But you have an execution mistake there. Something is clearly wrong in the kicking mechanisms. Even if that long field goal was tipped, which is actually, I think it went down in the box score. It looked like it could have been, but it looked like also the spot where Townsend actually set the ball was not quite right. Not where he marked it before the snap. And also the missed PAT was just, just another one. I don't, we've talked about the kicking game a lot. I'm not going to do it a whole lot today. But when you get 80-something percent of what you want from your defense, and maybe you only get 50 or 60 percent of what you want from your offense, but you crater on special teams, eventually that's going to bite you in a way that ends your season. Like I, I just think, I'm probably preaching to the choir now, I think this might be unanimous amongst Chiefs fans. When the playoffs get here, you're just going to wait for the inevitable Special teams mishap that another unit is going to have to dig their way out of. If it's the defense making a big stop on a short field or if it's the offense scoring again quickly to to cover up the wounds that were just revealed by whatever special teams mistake there's been, it doesn't seem like it's a question of if that thing will happen. It's just when will it be and what kind of mistake is it going to be? So that's frustrating because I'm really... My, my tolerance for special teams' takes has pretty well been hit to this point. And specifically going back again to the first half, but really, there was some consistency in, in a good number of this game. Once Sneed went out, it all got shakier there as well, which included the, you know, touchdown drive that was not a lot not, not great. But these Chiefs rookies defensively. You're seeing Brian Cook out there a lot more in this last act of the season. You're seeing, seeing Leo Chanel out there a lot more. Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams, getting tons of work at corner, obviously. I barely even think to mention Trent McDuffie as a rookie because he's been so good. And Lejarius Snead, not a rookie, has been stupendous. Again, going back mostly to the first half, piecing this whole thing together for a full game matters. I'm saying it's probably all but a couple drives defensively. But it just, there. how many times did you see Russell Wilson have a little time in the backfield scanning around and he just had to bail? For all the things Russell Wilson's no good at anymore, seeing a receiver as they come open as he's going through his progressions, that's one spot where I imagine his game is still pretty good. He still knows generally what he's looking for, even if he can't get it there or guys around him are letting him down, whatever. I mean, he's obviously been a mess. But the Chiefs defense, the Chiefs defensive backs, in fact, spent the vast majority of this game frustrating those receivers, frustrating Russell Wilson as a bunch of rookies heading into playoff time, showing you that they are ready for the challenge is going to come in the playoffs. That's huge. But you still get your issues in the middle one truly horrendous rep by Nick Bolton, one that looked to be a truly horrendous rep on Juan Thornhill, guys who otherwise made some good plays in this game. And a couple of those can be backbreakers. And so when I look at the defense, maybe maybe the reason that there's optimism even disregarding the big sort of breaking plays is that if, if that's happening a couple times a game, but generally your, your defense is able to play as the aggressor, as the unit taking the ball back and not just waiting for you to run at them, that version of, of this defense, with a couple of plays where the offense just gets you, I can live with that, knowing who the quarterback of this team is. I can live with that if the special teams are merely average, and I can live with that when you see growth which is another part of all this we just don't talk about enough. These rookies, not just getting more comfortable in the scheme, but getting more comfortable in the NFL. These are all things that you should be excited about. And I'm a little bit worried that for the 57th time this year, the tenor of this game is going to be, what a painful win for the Chiefs. And I like to think that most people listening right now are are probably regular enough listeners to know that I'm not just here to be a hype man. I'm not here just to tell you everything's going to be fine. But at this point in the season, it is worth remembering that if the Bills lose to the Bengals tomorrow, the Chiefs are the one seed in the AFC with only a game against, oh, I've already forgotten who they're starting. Who who, are the Raider, who do the Raiders go to? The former Jarrett Stidham! The Jarrett Stidham-led Raiders. Now, you need some help. You don't You don't like to need the help from a, a rival against a rival. But I just want the Chiefs to win these last couple of games and stay healthy. They won today. They did not stay healthy. We're waiting on news on Skymore and Joe Tooney. We might not get real, real news until tomorrow or even Wednesday, depending on um, what the Chiefs are looking for on those guys. and I'll let everybody speak for themselves from on the line right now. I I, I just wonder how the mood of this one is going to hit Chiefs fans because this type of game that's too close for too long where you play one good half and one not so good half with the special teams errors, that really could be about like, what, five or six games this year at least. This one feels a little bit different for me because I think we've seen genuine defensive growth We saw Kadarius, Tony, and Skymore finding spots in this offense. Now again, pending Skymore's injury. And then we just saw the special teams be the special teams, which is obviously deeply frustrating. So we're there for Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, whoever ends up being at the podium. We may hear from the locker room as well. It's all here on the Sports Radio 810 WHP Post Game Show brought to you by CBD American Shaman. When Kansas City scores, you score big, your local CBD American Shaman. Our team score is your percent off. They scored 27 points, so you get 27% off all day tomorrow on orders of $100 or more at CBD American Shaman, where life is better with the feather. Let's go to the phones and see how we're feeling about this. When we open up, with Gary. Gary, you got on first, my friend. What's going on? Not
2: much, Josh. Happy New Year. You also forgot these six points left off the board on the Mahomes interception. Yep, and absolutely. And absolutely. And, well, like I've said, you're never out of a game against the Spagnolo defense. Yes, the turnover's hurt, but go out there and stop them. And on the fumble by Tony, he had the ball in the wrong hand. He should have had the ball in his inside hand, not the outside mm-hmm. hand. That's why he fumbled that ball. Mm-hmm. So that's on the return. That's not on Dave Tobe. But when you watched his team in the second half, in the third quarter, Andy forgot about Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah. Your quarterback's not having a great quarter. You want to keep that clock moving and just get out of there. But what's he do? He just, well, we're going to try and throw it all over. I mean, we don't have Jerry Rice and Randy Moss out there running around. And let's face it, the, uh, the Broncos were banging the Chiefs around defensively. They were laying some licks on them. Kelsey, he got banged up there towards the end of that game. I mean, they were just hitting these guys, which is something I would love to see our guys do. i still say, though, I would love going into the playoffs if we didn't have Spagnuolo. I just I just despise the man. I don't think he's good at what he does. And You look at the free agents, the Chiefs were trying to bring in like a Justin Houston or a Calais Campbell during the offseason, and the Chiefs offered her more money, and they decided to go back to Baltimore. I don't really think that was – I think that was more an indictment on Spagnuolo. Nobody wants to play for the guy. I mean, the guy's had one of the historically worst defenses when he was in New Orleans. The players didn't like him. But Andy's in love with the guy. I'm just still trying to figure out why. But that's, you know, yeah, special teams are part of the problem. But if the holder's the problem, why hasn't he been replaced is another question somebody needs to ask Andy. Somebody needs to ask Andy why uh, he put uh, Pacheco in his back pocket in the third quarter. And when his love affair with Spagnolo is going to end, because it's going to be one of those two units that's going to cost his team. Because, you know, the offense, everybody expects the offense to be the deodorant to cover all the odor well. You know, it would be nice for this defense to step up. Like in the playoff game last year against the Bengals when they blew the lead, it would be nice for this defense to step up. It's just, it's just you just can't expect that with this defense. And Josh Williams is a penalty waiting to happen. I, he might be a good player eventually, but right now the guy needs to be wearing mittens or have his hands tied behind his back when he's out there because he's awfully handsy. and Jalen Watson, he's going to be back at Wendy's because I just don't see a future for the kid. He had the one play where he just happened to be in the right place at the right time and returned to their 100 yards for a touchdown. That's what he's going to go off for the rest of his career. But it would just be nice, and, and it would be nice to see our safeties get involved in the passing game. Yeah, because they're non-existent. There were three plays today where the receivers were wide open in the middle of the field. On the touchdown to I forgot who it was that scored the, I think it was Albert O. that mm-hmm. scored the touchdown. They were wide open, and then there were two. I think they were both on third down where the Chiefs blitzed him, and the receiver and all all Wilson did he didn't even throw a he didn't even laser beam it. He just lobbed it up there for them to get in. And I think part of the problem, too, you look at the sacks on Wilson, the one where he threw the i I think the Chiefs, on the one where Chris Jones had him, Chris Jones, I think, was scared to bring him down because he didn't want to see a flag.
1: 100%. Yeah, Chris Jones had but, two of those today, I think.
2: But I'll hang up and listen, but like I said, you, uh, special teams, it is what it is. But at the de- this point in the season, we should be seeing growth defensively. We're not on the back end. And what are these teams in the playoffs like to do? I'll hang up and listen. Great show, Josh.
1: Gary, I appreciate it as always. I do think this defense has shown growth this year. Um, And I I am not here to abide by making this another Spags uh, uh, postgame conversation. And the defense has stepped up. They stepped up last week consistently. I think the total tenor, tenor of this defense has been so significantly better over these last couple of games in the second half and I always feel like I split the difference with Gary I feel like I always have a couple things I fight Gary on and Gary makes a couple points that I agree with that's the show it's, I, think it's, I think it's good for the radio the second half the Broncos go punt touchdown punt pick touchdown turnover on downs again you don't want to give up those touchdown drives this is after the Chiefs force a fumble on the last Broncos offensive drive before the half giving them 11 seconds and a chance to go score which they should have done the only first half points that the defense gave up that should have belonged to them were on that long 14-play, 49-yard drive that ended in a field goal. I, I, I am seeing growth from the defense. I feel okay about that. The safeties in the passing game is an interesting question because Justin Reed's greeted out well. He's not been targeted very much, even like even the side of the field he's on. But the Chiefs do continue to get beat in the middle of the field. It just seems like it happens all the time in the passing game. That's linebackers, that's safeties, that's everybody in the middle. I feel good about the young corners. I really do. I think there's growth there. The safety and linebacker and coverage situation is confusing because sometimes it seems like the shells on Reed's side must be working. The middle specifically always feels like a mess. And Andy Reed totally just left, like forgot he had Isaiah Pacheco late in the game. That one I'm I'm good with. I'm 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 totally okay letting that one be a uh, a recurring theme because yeah you 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 need to you need to score and convert get first downs keep the game moving but I don't know why you wouldn't feed the ball to Pacheco a little more when you have the opportunity uh, next up we go to Kyle Kyle you're on Sports Radio 810 what's up Kyle how you feeling
3: Hey Josh Happy New Year to you and I hope you had a very wonderful Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year
1: You as well Kyle appreciate that.
3: Um, three things I want to point out, uh, special teams, uh, I'm starting to think it's more of Townsend on the whole, um, mm-hmm. uh, because the laces, on the couple replays, the laces, one, he dropped one, but then on the field goal, the one on the extra point, he dropped that was totally yep. on him. Yep. And then on the 51 yard field goal, they showed a replay, a brief of it. And it looked like the laces were facing the wrong way. And I'm not trying to down on Tommy Thompson, but when you have – and I was going to talk about this a couple of weeks ago, but the lines were busy. But when you have a 20-year-old a veteran giving you advice on social media, I would take every advice I can from a veteran player who has experience that won a Super Bowl, take it from Dustin Colquitt, a future Hall of Famer. I would try to soak in everything I can – from a veteran, from a Hall of Fame punter, or a player, mm-hmm. that's my first point. My second point is is the the defense. Uh, I thought they played astounding today. Um, I thought they played very well. I thought they got to Russell Wilson, and I thought they made plays when they need to. But here's what I'm concerned, Josh. Go, going and this is where my third point is going into the postseason. Last week. I think before our final touchdown drive, before Mahomes got into the end zone, he only, before that touchdown drive, there was only eight yards total offense, or I mean, 27 yards total offense in the second half. Sorry. You cannot do that in the postseason. You cannot have a total of 27 yards in the second half. In the second half, there needs to be two weeks now, there was 27 yards, and then before this touchdown drive, I think own. There was only eight yards total in the third quarter before our last touchdown drive. I, I Josh, I, you cannot do that in the postseason. Yep. When it comes to postseason time, you just can't. The the the, the, the Saints have got to be. You can't rely on our defense to do this the whole time. I, I mean, we've gotten away with it because we've played teams that have not been that great. But when we play playoff teams uh, like the Bengals and the Buffalo Bills, and the chart, and maybe the Chargers again for the third time,
1: mm-hmm.
3: we cannot play like this. We cannot, Josh, and that's what I'm concerned. I'll hand up and Thank you for taking my call, Josh.
1: Absolutely, Kyle. Always good to hear from. you. Yeah, I, I think first of all, in the Tommy Towns and part and everything with uh, Dustin Colquitt, I think that exact, um, I don't know, that exact feeling is what was so seemingly frustrating to Dustin Colquitt. It's like, hey, why wouldn't you want to get a little more feedback on all this? Uh, and yeah, so that for that to be apparently getting worse after all of that conversation happened is certainly not very encouraging. And yeah, and Mahomes just did not look good in the in the second half of that game until the couple of moments where it seemed kind of got his mojo back. Gary also mentioned, I, I, like I said, I, I kind of glossed over earlier, that pick in the end zone from Mahomes, it was, he, he, he was throwing darts, and then that happens and you you start sort of stitching together all of the misses places where the offense just doesn't seem to quite be clicking it's very concerning with the playoffs coming around it was very nice to see them look competent again on the back end late in the game but it was never as smooth as you wanted it to be and as it looked early on so it's frustrating Because seeing exactly what it means is is hard to decode, which is why also I'm trying to emphasize these last couple of games of the regular season a little less in terms of the processes, because I do think the Chiefs are in preparing for the playoffs mode from like a schematic standpoint, but that's hard to prove. They'll deny it. And uh, you still need to win these games. So the frustrations remain totally valid in in my book. Uh, Next up, we got, uh, we got Butch. Butch, you're on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What's up, Butch? Gentlemen, how about those Chiefs? How about them?
4: Listen. Look, you know what? I'm going to take a different angle. I wanted to be upset, add a couple of scathing words. Then I heard Gary talk, I just I have to switch it up a little bit. I got to pump some sunshine. Like, look, guys, this is what's happening. I'm looking at. I'm not sure if you guys are looking at the games live. Look who's down right now. San Francisco down ten to seven to the Raiders. The Saints beat the Eagles, even with Gardner Minshew. We have tough games going on across the NFL the Jets, who were supposed to be this playoff team, potentially with Mike White. Mike White just threw an interception. To the Seahawks, who we just destroyed. Why, why, why am I telling us this? We, we, we have to understand at some point that when we're watching these games that the total randomness of football
5: mm-hmm.
4: affects scores in ways that we cannot calculate. It is difficult to put those many permutations into numbers. And we, as fans of not only the game, our team, fantasy, football, this and that, we won 300 yard three touchdowns, so on and so forth. We want things to be so clean in this game. I think we lose sight of that. And that's why we're sitting here talking about the defense and Joshua Williams, who's had all of six snaps in the NFL after playing at HBCU and, and griping and growing up about this. We need to understand. I would hope that Chiefs fans understand that in the grand scheme of things, they have one of the things that you can hold on to in the quest to win football games late in an NFL season. That is a great coach and a great quarterback that helps you win today against a team with a defense that has speed that you do not see when you're in practice. That's why Patrick Mahomes got picked off in the end zone. He doesn't see a Justin Simmons in practice every day. He doesn't see a Josie Jewell in practice every day. Okay? So... Long story short, I'm going to take this dub. We already know what the team is. I'm going to take this dub. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look back at the tape a little bit. I'm going to be impressed by the way that Idro Evero runs these different concepts that Nick Saban runs. It, 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 ran, it currently runs in Alabama. He ran seven cut. He ran switch. He ran chubby. He ran stubby. And it flummoxed the Kansas City Chiefs at times. But even then, you won. Unlike some of the better teams in the NFL. Savor the flavor on it, guys, because we're still in contention for the one season.
1: Butch, I appreciate it as always, and I'm with you on a whole bunch of that. Um, here's here's the, the part of it I'm specifically going to pull out of the rest of that, of that statement there that I think is probably a, a better indicator of where I'm at right now than my even sort of just re- ready to hit the sim, the sim the Playoffs button. We know what this team is, good and bad. They cannot prove to you next week that they're not going to have special teams issues in the playoffs. They're just going to get here, and it's just going to be the thing that happens. I'm hopeful that that won't be an ongoing concern, but I certainly wouldn't bet my money on it. I wouldn't bet anybody's money on it. They're probably going to have some sort of special teams disaster. They're going to have one drive where Joshua Williams or Jalen Watson keeps the drive alive with a penalty or a rookie mistake. And they're also going to have a drive where Chris Jones eats a quarterback alive. Where uh, somebody lacks a quarterback and Nick Bolton catches some weird wonky interception. Where they have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and then they also forget to run the football. It's week 17. This would have been the last game of the regular season, what, two years ago? We know what this team is. They need to not lose this game. They need, they need to not lose against the Raiders next week. Root for the Bengals tomorrow night. But we know what this team is. We're just not thrilled with it because they're not perfect. But I don't think they're going to change before the playoffs get here. I don't mean that as the grim reaper of your playoff hopes. I don't mean that to be an encouraging standard bearer. I just think it's where they're at. It would be unreasonable to think that they're going to unveil some new wrinkle next week. We might be going out to uh, Arrowhead. We might be hearing from more over the phones. Um, Some injury updates here that we do have. Uh, Skymore had a laceration on his hand, and uh, it'll be an MRI on uh, the right ankle of Joe Tooney. To uh, see the extent of the damage there, that's that's sort of concerning. I think a last a hand laceration does not sound super duper serious, but he was ruled out immediately, so I don't know what the extent of that's going to be. Um, maybe it's worse than it it sounds. And then we'll hear from hear about Tooney as well. Uh, suddenly we're going to go to Jarek McKinnon coming up next. If you're on the line, stay on the line. Dan in uh, we got two Dans on the line. We'll get to you guys hopefully before we end up taking our first breaks. Uh, but we will do that as soon as we have a little pocket of space to take a break with thinking of needing a pocket of space. That's Jarek McKinnon, baby. It happened again, and by it happened again, I mean it happened again, again. Jarek McKinnon is a walking, breathing, touchdown machine for this Chiefs passing offense, and he's at the podium right now.
6: Another receiving touchdown, Jet. I mean, you're making it look easy out there. Uh,
7: opportunity, man. Like I said last week, man, just opportunity. Uh, Coach Reed, EB, the play calling, uh, and then Pat, you know, finally in those plays, of course. First running back
3: since 1970 years old. Go- Given your path here to Kansas City, you know, two years injured in San Francisco, Mm -hmm. how
2: gratifying is it to you to be able to get into the record
7: book with this accomplishment? Uh, You know, first, it's just a blessing, first of all. Uh, But, you know, I couldn't have done any of that without my teammates. Uh, You know, O-line, man, they're blocking on a whole nother level right now. Pat on a whole nother level right now. pass for 5,000 tonight so that's another achievement for him uh, and then you know the guys on the perimeter man uh, when you got guys who complement each other like that you know you got Kelsey, uh, Juju, MVS, you know all those guys, Sky, uh, you know it makes it easy so uh, you know Patch is you know he's making his choice right now.
6: Did you have any idea this was coming? I mean you
7: had eight receiving touchdowns in your first 98 career games, you got seven in the last five. Uh, if I were to tell you I saw it coming uh, Nah, but, uh, you know, you put the work in. That's what you put the work in the all season for us. So, you know, uh, when your opportunity comes, you're, you're ready for the moment. And, um, you know, I've definitely done so, so.
8: Chair, kind of along the same lines, do you, do you ever just pause and reflect on how you ended up being with the Chiefs and what this has done for your career? Do Say that one more time, please. Just, do you ever pause to reflect mm-hmm. on how you came to be here and oh, yeah. what this has done for your career to be in this setting?
7: Uh, all the time. Uh, you know, like you said, San Fernando had the two knee surgeries. I missed two years in a row. Uh, that was definitely tough for me. Uh, just being in that situation and, you know, um, the unexpected and not knowing, and then, uh, you know, getting a call from the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you know, me and EB had a good relationship uh, that carried on throughout the years. And, um, you know, Coach Reed, I've watched him from afar uh, over the years as well, ever since I was little. And, uh, you know, just being able to be in the offense and the scheme like this uh, was intriguing when I first came here. So I was definitely thankful for the opportunity. And, uh, you know, just the preparation, everything is paying off. How
2: specifically do you feel that, that Coach Reed is out like you have
7: in these um, significantly, uh, I mean, you know, you see the players that are being called. Uh, you know, it's getting me in space. It's finding a way to put me in space. And uh, you know, the great thing about Coach Reed, uh, not just me, but you know, all the offense weapons we have, uh, he does a great job at you know finding where everybody's good at and uh, working to their strengths.
6: You guys have very high standards, right, for scoring every time and all. Mm-hmm. Funk there at the mm-hmm. third quarter. Can you put your finger on kind of what was going on there?
7: Uh, probably just lack of execution. Um, you know, that's the great thing about, you know, this team, this offense, is that uh, every time we do go out on a series, we want to score. That's the objective. And, um, you know, when we don't, you know, it's, it's definitely upsetting because, uh, you know, we work like crazy through the week. Man, coaches, they, they work us like crazy. So, uh, you know, every time, you know, we get a chance to go out there, we want to come away with seven uh, instead of three. But, you know, we'll take three as well. How is your
8: knowledge of the quarterback position
7: uh, it's helped me a lot. I'd probably just say the most uh, in past pro, just knowing, um, you know, the mic points and, you know, how the protections work out and things of that nature, um, and just seeing the game uh, from an overall view. All right. Thank
1: you. Thank you. There's Jarek McKinnon. George Karloftis will be coming up to the podium momentarily. Uh, a nice game for the the pass rush altogether. We're also here from Chris Jones, who pretty much ended the game and has just been excellent in this Pro Bowl season of his. Um, but Karloftis was able to uh, to get another sack this year and clean up some of the messes in that defense on his own. The, the pass rush has uh, still been inconsistent. That's the issues that, you know, Concern you about what they can do on a regular basis, but they have been able to flash at times, which has been hugely Chris Jones, good performances from Carlos Dunlap and Frank Clark. Uh, Mike Dana out there, and, and you can see him making a little bit of an impact here and there. But George Karloff, this is evolution, is a big one. Here he is, live from Arrowhead. George, just five,
9: five sacks in the last six games. What's, what's been going right for you? Uh, just keep working, you know, for me, uh, drilling into practice. Uh, Felt like I was get from an individual perspective. Felt like I was getting there, just missing my layups a lot. So uh, in practice with Coach Cullen and Coach Braden, uh, just working on finishing a lot. You know, uh, I play with Chris a lot on the same side. When you play with nine five, you know they're going to double him, so that benefits me a lot too. So, you know, it's just a testament to the coaches and everyone around me. Is
6: there anything specific Coach Cullen's been working on to help you? Finish a little bit better this last
9: weekend? Yeah, a lot of tackling drills, um, like second effort to the ball. You know, a lot of the, the sacks that come uh, for guys around the league is on a second effort on a counter. So we've been working that nonstop. You know, watching extra film on the in the in the, in the film room on the practice field, all that kind of stuff. You know, so
10: George,
8: George uh, Justin
10: Reed earlier this week said that the rookies are no longer rookies. Like you, you guys, do you, I mean, do you personally feel that way? Um, and do, you, do you feel like the game is slow?
9: yeah my my uh my veterans uh you know chris and frank and carlos said the same thing to me um uh, you know just no more no more of those rookie mistakes you know you've played enough games you've played basically a whole season now uh and we're getting ready for the playoffs now so that's that's what it's all about you know they got to trust me just like i trust them every play
11: what have you been able to pick up from them either be a practice or <coughs> the game or you've been able to
9: implement here? uh just little things you know like in practice uh, i know frank and i were going uh, this week, for example, just about finishing plays, you know, every single time in practice, you know, finishing exactly how you would in a game. You know, just li- very little details. It's all about consistency at this level and being at your best every single play. What do you
6: think about playing this Chris?
9: What do you think about his ability late in games like that I mean <laughs> he's uh he's insane. You know, he think's the he's best interior lineman in the NFL. I don't think it's close. Um yeah he's 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 a beast, man. He's awesome. He's awesome to play against. He's awesome to play next to. Um, great teammate. He's super and very unselfish. You know, you see a guy his caliber. You know, he's very unselfish. A team player. Great guy to be around. Uh, great energy. And you know, he's the heart and soul of our defense. So, George,
1: as you, as you think back to training camp, where do you where do you feel like? What areas do you feel like you, you...
9: Just everything you know from the run game to pass rushing and everything in between, um, you know just little details, things that you you might have never seen before uh, or types of blocks or schemes and understanding different intricacies of the game. Uh, you know and that, that, that only comes from experience you know I know Frank uh, took me aside this off season and you know going back to camp you know talked to me about hey, you're going to mess up at some point it's going to be things you never see you've never seen before uh, but at the end of the day you get better from those kinds of things and you capitalize you watch film off of that and that's how you improve so that, that's what it's been about george i wonder if you could take us through a couple of
6: plays the first your sack and then secondly you had the recovery after mcduffie got the sack do you have any thoughts
9: of the scoop and score there or were you straight just going to get on that ball well you know i I was, I was trying to be conservative, you know, to, to speak to that, you know, I think, you know, you give our offense, you know, 10, 15 seconds, you know, they could do a lot with that. So first and foremost, to recover the ball, if I had a chance to uh, go scoop and score, I would have done that. And, and your sack? A sack, you know, just, uh, just, you know, see, it was kind of like a play-action deal, uh, counterback to quarterback level, stepped up, and I was there to make a play.
12: On, on that fumble recovery, just how big of that moment did that feel at the time, when the kind of game flow was going, and you were able to get that turnover?
9: It was huge, you know, going into halftime and giving our offense a chance to go back and score, um, you know, instead of them having another opportunity. Uh, it was a huge turning point in the game, I felt like.
1: Thanks, George? thanks. Hey, George. There's George Karloff, just giving us a quick second to take a couple of calls here. I'd like to get at least one in before our break. Dan in Overland Park, been on the line for a minute. Dan, appreciate you waiting, sir. What's on your mind?
13: Oh, thanks. Um, well, I know you don't want to hear um, anything critical of Tobe, and. You know, I appreciate that he is trying and he's got a lot of young players he's, you know, teaching. But 11 points surrendered today by the special teams unit alone, it's just unacceptable to continually give away those points. And someone needs to be held accountable. If it's not Pacheco falling out of bounds, fielding a kickoff, or uh, Sky Moore costing us a game in Indy, um, if it's not a critical disaster on a turnover, then it's a penalty and a half-the-distance setback. I feel it is on tome. I feel it's coaching. I feel these guys, for whatever reason, are not getting the message. We are giving away points, and against a better team in the playoffs, we're going to be in trouble. We will be taken advantage of. I just – here, explain to me, why are we letting – Guys, fair catch the ball within the 10-yard line. Let the ball drop and roll into the end zone and give the ball to, you, to Mahomes. I want it in 15 hands. I, I just I don't understand the philosophy or their insistence on creating a return game when there is no return game. I, just, I think it's a disaster, and I think he needs to be held accountable at the end of the year.
1: Dan, I appreciate the call. The only thing I really disagree with is the first thing you said—that I haven't. I don't want to be critical of Dave Tobe. That's the only silly part of that. I think the rest of it's all pretty logical. I don't think Dave Tobe should be should be held accountable for Kadarius Tony fumbling the football. Dave Tobe didn't run out and punch that one out, but Dave Tobe certainly has to be held accountable, and he was asked about constantly about Moore's muff after muff after muff, all of the holding drama, the kicking issues. Those have all been things that Dave Tulb has been asked about. We'll see what happens this offseason. I don't think firing him midseason was ever really a consideration, nor do I necessarily think that would have been some great idea. No, obviously, I opened the show saying that obviously the special teams again are overshadowing growth defensively and some really good offensive football with pieces that have not been meshed into the offense enough over these last couple of weeks either by in or by being a rookie, and, and Tony and Moore in particular. Yeah, the special teams are clearly a problem. But the worst special teams played today was Kadarius Tony, who were all very excited about just making a bad play. Why are they feeling uh, punts inside the 10? I have no idea. Tony let one go this time, bounced inside the 5 and rolled into the end zone. It was great. I think there's a little a little uh, sarcastic, cheered arrowhead. There certainly was on Twitter. No, the special teams are a mess. And if you've got a quick solution for me, I mean, yeah, you and Dustin Col- call Dustin Colquitt, and then he'll call uh, he'll call uh, Tope. You guys can figure it out. That's the only thing that's silly to me. There, it, it's the most obvious problem this team has. It cost them the game against the Colts. It could cost them the one seed. Huge problem. Huge problem. All of it just going to Dave Tope is just kind of lazy analysis. You've got dudes making execution mistakes. And there's some that absolutely can go to toe, but you just have to be able to do it in some degrees. Players fumbling the football is an execution problem. Putting guys in bad situations, coaching problem. Technical mistakes not being solved over the course of the entire year, a mix of both. How has the extra point holding situation not been solved yet? I I don't know. That reflects poorly on the coaching and even more poorly on Tommy Townsend. Or Harrison Butker, or whoever you want to put it on. There's plenty of blame to go around. The thing that frustrates me is the idea that we've got to silo it to one person. They all, this is all Dave Tobe. It's Dave Tobe and like half the dudes who play largely special teams. It's also not being an apologist to know that, yeah, Dave Tobe is playing a ton of rookies in, in every phase of special teams. They also should be better. There's room for a little nuance here, everybody. You know, it doesn't always have to be the flamethrower or the ice cubes. Sometimes you can shine a little flashlight on it. That is an issue. The special teams have been a nightmare. This is also what they are right now. We can talk about it more this week, next week, end of the playoffs, this off season. I'm sure we will. Just can't be surprised when the mistakes happen. I am certainly not. We'll take a break. Come back with uh, more from Arrowhead, more of your calls here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB Post Game Show presented by CBD American Shaman. Free CBD samples every day. Holmes to throw.
0: Over the middle. Got his man to the end zone. Did he get there? No, no yes. Now it is called a touchdown. Blake Bell.
1: Number 81 with the catch and the TD. Blake Bell made his return in a big way for the Chiefs on that touchdown, and that is our sweet play of the game, our Andy's sweet play of the game, brought to you by Andy's Frozen Custard. Stop by any KC location for Travis Kelsey's 87 and running concrete and help raise money for this worthy cause. 87 and running and Andy's Frozen Custard, the perfect option play for KC fans everywhere. We're going to hang out in a holding pattern here momentarily. If you're on hold, we'll get to you as soon as the pressers wrap up from Arrowhead. We'll hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes later on, but then we're we expecting to hear from Chris Jones next, and then we'll return to the phones. We'll also go on to hear from Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest later on in the show and to continue to break down all the things going on around this sort of, yes, once again, sort of strange game. I ultimately still just, I'm, I'm maybe this is... Uh, Butch's call from earlier talking. But I am just increasingly ready for the playoffs to get here, and I'm starting to think that we have learned all the things, all of the new things we're gonna learn about this football team. The one thing that might have felt a little bit different today is hey, Canarius Tony being involved sure does help. He sure does have a different gear, some extra explosiveness, an extra little jittery gear. As a downfield receiver, and also, you know, just with the ball in his hands, obviously, on the punt return. Ball in his hands was not in his hands for long enough. It's a bit concerning. We saw good things from the pass rush. Chris Jones was an absolute monster. And uh, that's not even new news anymore. But you get a, a team effort around him from the rest of that pass rush, doing enough to keep Russell Wilson bothered today. And I think frequently you had Russ looking downfield and just not really seeing... Not really seeing any options. That reflects well on the coverage, these young defensive backs. Yeah, a, a penalty here or there is going to happen. Um, that's pretty unanimous around the league. I don't think it's bad for Chiefs fans to have like borderline perfect expectations for this team because that's the standard they've set for themselves. That's a, a good thing to have. But also, it, it does do you some good to look around and note just sort of how difficult it is to be this good at football for this period of time. It's a lot of games in this season. I would have loved for the Chiefs to have had some less messy ones, but also think about the game that we look back and talk about. It's not just the game where they looked at the worst. It's the game that they lost to the Colts. If they just play an ugly win, we've already forgotten about that game. Like we have the Rams, or like we will eventually forget about both of the Broncos games, or the Texans in overtime. They need to keep winning, they needed a little help, and ideally they need to stay healthy again. Skymore uh, out with a hand laceration, Joe Tooney out. They're going to get an uh, MRI done on his right ankle. Legarius Sneed left with a hip injury, was questionable, but then did return in the game, so he seems good to go, at least for now. I'm sure all of them will be on the injury report coming up next week. But Chris Jones came out of the game healthy. He's speaking live at the podium. Snap
6: came a little bit early on that last play? Did that give you a little bit of a jump on where the line was a little slow to react?
14: Um. Um, no, I think it. I think they was hurrying up throughout the game, and it was a fourth down. I think they wanted to catch us off guard with a quick snap, and uh, we was ready for it. We was alerted. We kind of felt it all game, and uh, we was able to get him down.
0: Chris, how do you go through the game of knowing that you're probably gonna get double teamed throughout, but you're still waiting for your opportunities to, to make an impact late? How much of
11: your maturity sort of grown having seen some of these stuff?
14: More so about being patient, um, setting up um, players around you to be successful, and by the fourth quarter, they're able to change their slide, maybe give me a one-on-one or something we can capitalize off who we don't seen earlier in the game. Um, early in the game, Frank Clark and Mike Dana started getting active, had a few pressures, few hurries, which um, later on in the game, we capitalized off of that. Hey, Chris.
7: Um, talk about
14: I can't really hear you, but I heard I heard bits and pieces. It's OK, um, um, you know, um, good teams want to finish strong. Um, that's what we are harping on right now, making sure we finish strong as a D line. You know, and we continue to push that, push the guys behind us. Uh, Nick Bolton and that group, you know, they, they continue to put the pressure on us. And we're going to continue to ring the bell, man. We're going to continue to fight and we're going to continue to critique the smaller things going into the playoffs.
12: It obviously wouldn't have impacted the outcome of the game, but what was kind of going through your mind on that last sack and whether they were going to call it a sack or Russell trying to get rid of the football and
14: get him to to pass? Earlier in the game, it happened. um, I had him wrapped up and he still threw the ball. And uh, I was telling the ref, you know, when I have him wrap, wrapped up like that with the rule change, you know, you guys got to call the whistle, you got to blow the whistle a little earlier so I can let him go, you know, because eventually players gonna start holding on to him and the body weight thing is, is challenging. So if you're going to do that, the counterpart is you got to kind of blow the whistle a little earlier so we don't have to bring him to the ground. And on that play, he was almost slipping out, not trying my best to get him to the ground. Can you
13: walk us through that side and did Frank help you at all?
14: Um, I don't really rush for Frank <laughs> in, in the game <laughs> because we gonna get the slab. We might get a chip also, so it's like I try my best to stay away from Frank Clark throughout the game. And um, I was lining up at a, as a shade. Um, we was running some type of pressure spaz call, and. Um, I, I kind of aborted the pressure and lined up as a shade anyway, and just rushed the center one on one. Because I, I earlier in the game we got the look and the center blocked me one on one, so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna line back up in it. If he blocked me one on one, I know what to do.
6: Chris, does he you know, give you the freedom to kind of, if you see something, do that kind of go on your own a little
14: bit? there? A little bit. He gives me he gives me the freedom. Um, I'm well aware of the defense. I know the defense, and I know what type of coverages we be in. Quarter quarters have uh, we playing too high so I, I kind of know where like the holes are in the defense and what I'm able to do without hurting the defense so I think he does
0: leave the league
11: Explain
14: why that is? We don't really do drills on it. No, we don't do drills on it at all. Um, we got Carlos, who is like six, seven, six, eight. Mm-hmm. Him and George got like five or six apiece. I have like two. You know, those guys are, they harp on batting the ball down, you know. Um, but um, Coach Cullen put emphasis on uh, if you're not going to get there, get your hands up. We play a lot of short quarterbacks. Russell Wilson is one of them. So getting our hands up can affect the throw.
5: Chris. I'm sure you
0: can no, the benefit of it, too, just so you're, you're mad at balls in the Super Bowl.
14: Yeah, yeah, you know, it's I'm getting there. I'm working on it. I'm getting there.
0: You mentioned the, the play
6: before where you were kind of mentioning that you, you know, you're trying to find that line where you're just not going to throw a quarterback down. On the last play, you did eventually put Russell down pretty hard. You scared it all about.
14: It. Easy, easy. Let's not make it bigger than what it is. <laughs> easy, let's not make it bigger than what it is. Um, listen, um, I was trying to politely put Russ down. Unfortunately for those who are viewing it, it kind of looked rough, but but it wasn't. You see, after the play, he immediately got up, so it wasn't as bad as everybody's. You can't, you know, you so just hit right when you're making these plays. Not at all, not at all. Uh, how politely I laid him down. Uh, not at all. Chris, <laughs> you mentioned you talked to the officials earlier
6: in the game, um, just about blowing it earlier. What was their what response to that? Excuse me. You
12: said when you have the the player wrapped up, you're asking the officials to blow a little earlier because of the new rules. What's their response when you say something
14: like that? Yeah, um, if I don't have him completely wrapped up and they don't feel like, you know, he can't get out, then they're not going to blow the whistle because they feel like the quarterback can still make a play with the ball. So if I have him completely wrapped up, like um, the last sack, I had him completely wrapped up, and he was still wiggling i'm trying to politely put him down and he throws the ball and i'm like you some you got to blow the whistle you got to you know what i'm saying let me hear it so i can count you know i can just stop and we don't have to count for progress
6: Here's, here's a, um I wanted to ask about George Coloptis,
14: five sacks in the last six games. How much progress have you seen from periods of My dog, my dog, Five. he got five and a half. I'm just saying. We can't discredit the half. Um, My dog, um, he works on it a lot. He works on it with me after practice. We emphasize on getting to the quarterback with our front four and then um, with our front eight. And um, he's been taking it serious. And throughout the year, he's gotten better. And we got to continue to push him to get better throughout the year. Here's about That's another bulldog. Um, he talked after the game about this is one of the first times he's feeling
15: you
14: know healthy. What do you saying from me?: I mean, his, his play speaks for itself. Uh, I think Colin has been one of the best years he's had for us this, uh, this year, and um, he's been playing phenomenal. Um, coming off the bench and being able to be productive in a way that we need him to be, stopping the run making highlight plays and, 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 and doing it with a sense of urgency, man. When, when we're able to get that from a guy who's been in this program four years and um, he's made a huge jump from last year to this year. And, and, and his health-wise, he's, the best ability is availability. Right. And he's been available for us throughout the whole year. So hats off to Colin and George, man. Happy New Year's, everyone. Y'all have Happy a year. beautiful day. Yes, sir. Thanks, sirs.
1: Have a beautiful day, courtesy of Chris Jones here live on Sports Radio 10 WHB Kansas City, the Sports Radio 10 WHB post game show presented by CBD American Shaman, free CBD samples every day. A lot of good stuff from Jones in there. He's a thousand percent right about the two plays. Um, well, I think I, t- I can't remember if I tweeted about this or if I thought I was I should tweet about it, and then I just made a note instead. But on those plays, you gotta let the, the defensive lineman know that you're about to have them covered. If you just hold the quarterback upright. You hold them in place. You stop that forward progress. You're doing it so you can play some nice Christian-like football instead of slamming them to the ground with violence. If you let the quarterback get out of those and throw a pass, you've you've completely completely gutted what defenders can do just trying to stop the quarterback. So seeing how that evolves will be an interesting one. That, that might just be the norm soon. Is the, the quarterback curls up, the D-lineman wraps him up, and we just blow it dead. But Chris Jones was able to uh, deliver the hit, wrap him up, Bring him down, no flag, ruled a sack before the uh, when the when the play was blown dead there to uh, to close it out against Russell Wilson. We'll uh, we'll hear from Canarius Tony from the locker room. We may hear from some others as well, but Tony for sure later on. But I got to get through the calls here that I've been waiting on the line, and we open up with uh, Paul. Paul, you're on Sports Radio eight hundred and ten WHB. What's up, Paul? Hey Josh,
3: the game's kind of like uh, going to your thirty year old sister's wedding. You know, you hear your old man complaining about it. And you're happy for it, but you just don't want to be there. That's the way <laughs> I <do>. see <laughs> it. So, one good thing is, that's a good football team over there out of the Rockies. We're just thankful that Brock, Brock Purdy's not their quarterback. That's
1: what they will say about that. That's also and very didn't, fair. It,
3: and didn't it look like Mahomes, his balls were just fluttering today? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it just seemed odd. I was telling my brother, I was like, his balls aren't sharp. There's no beelines. Uh, they just look like they were fluttered a little bit. I don't know if there's a problem. You know, He's just out of sync today.
1: Yeah, we'll uh, we'll hear from Mahomes a little bit later on. It sounds like he kind of was inferring that there was not like a mechanical issue with the injuries. It was more about his footwork. My little disconnecting of dots would be that maybe some of those lower body hits impacted his footwork. Uh, But I will I will certainly be keeping an ear to that whenever we uh, hear from him later on.
3: And my closing point, Josh, is one team, the, the Prince out of Jacksonville. I don't want to see mm-hmm. that ball club. I don't want them coming west of Mississippi, Josh. I'll close with that, brother. Hey, have Paul, a good one. I you.
1: appreciate you, man. Thank you very much. The Prince that was promised in Jacksonville. Yeah, that that team is getting things together. The Chiefs handled them before the, the final stage of what appears to be their their evolution, but some big wins from some downtrodden fan bases today. The Lions uh, with a blowout win over the Bears. I mean, a couple of, of downtrodden bases there. The Patriots get by Miami. Teddy Bridgewater started that game. Skylar Thompson showed up after uh, Bridgewater was injured, but the, the Jags may have had, and also the, did I mention the Buccaneers beating the Panthers? That was an early lead for Carolina. Um, but then Jacksonville Totally thumping Houston, which is funny because the Chiefs really made the Jags look like just still a team in progress. And then and then about a month or so later, the Texans took them to overtime. But such is the NFL. And yeah, I um, there are a whole lot of teams in the AFC that I don't necessarily want to see at Arrowhead. But no more so than the, the Bills and the Bengals. And if the Bengals could just win that game tomorrow night, that would really, really help. Because then the Chiefs wouldn't have to play both of those teams. The AFC is really good. Got a lot of good quarterbacks. It's fun. It's also kind of stressful come playoff time. Next up, we got Chris. Chris, you're on the Post Game Show. What's up, Chris?
16: Hey, Josh. I turned on my radio about 25 minutes ago and heard you talking about the weakness of coverage in the middle of the field. Mm -hmm. I decided to call, and before I say anything, uh, I'm not going to mention any players by name (laughs) because everything I've heard about this person, they're a a really great guy and a really hard worker, Mm -hmm. and I don't have anything against Mizzou. I'm a big Chiefs fan, but every pundit on the national scene and locally, when they talk about our middle linebacker, talks about this guy like he's the second coming of Mike Singletary. Mm -hmm. And I just want to point out that all 27 of his tackles today were about nine yards (laughs) from the line of scrimmage. He is useless in coverage. And he makes does not make tackles at the point of attack. And I challenge anyone to go back to DVD's D B R C game and watch his performance today and tell me that that is a Pro Bowl quality or even an average player. Now I understand the monetary the good monetary things about him. uh, Apparently, maybe. But I think everybody needs to have a coming to Jesus that if there's weakness in our – if your favorite player on the field is watching the middle linebacker, it is not fun to be a Kansas City Chiefs fan because our middle linebacker is always on his heels in coverage. He is not making tackles at the point of attack. He had a a pass defended today, which was a nice play, but that's one out of 80 plays. And, again, I challenge anybody – to watch his performance today and say that he is playing effective football at a very important position, probably the most important position on the defense.
1: Chris, I want you to stay on the line for me, and this is going to be a very controversial decision. But I'm going to make Chris our caller of the game brought to you by Greengrass Cattle Company. Uh, partially because Chris uh, Chris hasn't won yet. And, you know We're trying to spread the, the good news of Greengrass with all their wonderful beef. And then I want to talk about this player who he may or may not be talking about. But I know it won't be controversial to tell you about Greengrass Cattle Company because they have simply the best beef in town. You can uh, visit them in Weston, Missouri at their store off 45 Highway, less than a mile from the ranch, or order online at GreengrassCattleCo.com and they'll deliver right to your door. They are Local, their product is unmatched. They implement all of the best practices with their premium Black Angus cattle, providing the best feed, clean water, and a low-stress environment to make sure you have the best-tasting beef in town. That's all at Greengrass Cattle Company. Visit them online at GreengrassCattleCo.com. So we're going to send a tomahawk to Chris for the absolute tomahawk of a take. Here's the thing about this player who, you know, we could be talking about anybody because no one's using any actual names and we're just talking about the position that they play. Whenever I was talking about the defensive aggressiveness that seemed to show up over these last couple of weeks, and I say the, the inverse is planting your feet five yards past the line of scrimmage, and then waiting for the ball to come to you, and then wrapping up, and then falling over backwards, the guy that I'm thinking about, I'm going to go ahead and use a name, the guy that I think about when I think about those frustrating moments, the guy that I think about is Nick Bolton. It's not always that, but because of who he is, it's all the more frustrating when that is the spot that he's in. I don't think he's terrible. I think he will start in the middle of this defense for at least the duration of his rookie contract and play some pretty solid football doing it. But we knew this out of college. He's still a liability in coverage. It's been a little better at times. It's definitely been better. Than it was at Mizzou. It's gotten better for the most part. Over the course of his NFL career so far. But. The, the Chiefs drafted him. And it was why the pick at the time was. Frustrating to me. They just drafted Willie Gay. And now. They spend another second round pick on Nick Bolton. It's just that he is not really a modern NFL linebacker. In most senses. Spags loves him. He He is a. Uh, film a film grinder a gym rat a football high football IQ a great guy leads by example all of those things Nick Bolton is a net positive on this football team okay I don't want to I don't want to hone this take so sharply that I can't be reasonable but when we continuously and you know what I'm going to I'm going to include another player here as well to expand my slander I've really liked Juan Thornhill for his entire time in Kansas City I was infuriated when he wasn't playing more over Dan Sorensen. I was frustrated by just the recovery process with his knee injury, just simply because I missed seeing him out there and looking healthy and speedy and useful as a, a deep safety type. He had a couple of good hits today, as Nick Bolton often will do, and Nick Bolton on a run blitz will knock your head off. Totally will. When, he, when Nick Bolton uses his boosters, deadly, thrilling, big fan. Nick Bolton having to cover his zone or backpedal or try to run with somebody. It's a, it's a little bit of a roller coaster. It's a bit of a journey. And so my, my hope on the Nick Bolton conversation, as touchy as it will go on to be, my hope is that we can honestly review his strengths and weaknesses and get something resembling a full picture of a good but limited football player. You need good but limited football players. You, you need a bunch of red chip guys. To fill in around your blue chip players. And Nick Bolton will have some thumping highlight reel hits. That makes you feel like you're watching. Uh, a linebacker from the early 2000s. But sometimes in coverage. It feels like you're watching a linebacker from the early 2000s. And that's not really where the sport is anymore. So. I am personally a fan of Nick Bolton. I was not a huge fan of the draft pick at the time. I'm happy to say that that, that pick, in retrospect, is a fine one. It's not the steal that Tyreek Hill was or whatever. Obviously, mean, that's kind of a weird example. There's lots of other stuff going on there. This other pick I didn't like that much. So it turned out okay. Oh, sorry. I'm always perfectly right. Oh, dear. No, I'm sure there are a million examples you of You hated the Mahomes pick. That was not true. But players are complicated. The way they get used impacts how they perform. And I'm, I'm pretty prepared to have kind of an exhausting conversation about Nick Bolton over the entire course of his NFL career here. Because Mizzou fans, understandably, are deeply in love with him. And Chiefs fans who just like a thumping linebacker, who miss Derek Johnson, love him. I get it. I love those moments too. But I, need, I would like to see that aggressiveness more consistently from Bolton. And or, if he could evolve in coverage... Now you're talking about a legit all-pro type of player. He's just not there right now. I'm sure someone somewhere is furious, but it's what I got. Hopefully that's not the case for Dan, who's up next. Dan, appreciate you waiting on hold, my friend. I hope I didn't infuriate you right before the call.
16: No, you didn't, Joshua. Happy New Year! Yeah, it was a great game by the Chiefs. Yeah, no, uh, touch, two-touchdowns by Jared McKinnon and, uh, and a touchdown by Pacheco and Mahomes, and a defense really played good. You know, you know, the big stop by Chris Jones and the interception by, uh, yeah, uh, Mc, Mc, McNeese, Mc, McNe- yeah, and that left less than knee. And uh, yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, the special teams, it'll, it'll come around. Uh, Dave Tobe just got to get a more work in the playroom and uh, you know just figure out what they're doing wrong. What
1: what do you think, Joshua? Uh, Dan, I appreciate the call as always. I'm hopeful that you would, uh, if you're onto something there, my concern is that I don't know how much more work they can get done in you know the week leading up to week 18 and then the playoff time. I just kind of think this is the group that it is right now. And then in this offseason, you can decide if you want a different guy leading the special teams unit, if you just need a different guy holding the football in special teams, if you need to change something schematically somewhere. Uh, But I I think that the version of the Chiefs we've seen on special teams, where you can have weeks that don't have an issue. Last week, it was all pretty clean, right? You can have your clean weeks. But you're also going to have your messy ones, and it's ultimately just the timing of the mess that ends up being the biggest issue. That's, that's where I feel like I'm at right now. And then close us out for the break here, Jeffrey, appreciate you waiting on hold. You're on the Sports Radio 810 WHB Post Game Show. What's up, Jeffrey?
3: Uh, I was wondering if you think they're playing the way they are now. Can they win a playoff game?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, honestly, I think the way they're playing now, they could win the Super Bowl. I know that's crazy from, I guess, the energy you're kind of bringing, but uh, there are a lot of flawed teams in this football league.
17: I totally
2: disagree with that. Okay. Happy to hear it. Uh, you know, my home is not playing that great. Nobody talks about that.
1: Yeah, he was like, pretty spectacular in the first half and then pretty much a mess in the second. I mean, that, that dichotomy is certainly frustrating. We talked about it earlier on. Uh, I, you, you can't have a sloppy offense that, that can't find its direction. I also think we're, we're talking about it very differently if they hand it to Isaiah Pacheco a few more times while the, uh, the offense kind of tried to find its footing again. Um, Mahomes was throwing some dots in the first half. You've got to be consistent with it, but I mean, it's not like we're on game three of Patrick Mahomes not being able to, to find true north.
13: You know they're missing field blows and all that, and Mahomes has not hitting receivers.
1: Yeah, and he and uh, Jeffrey, I appreciate the call. Thanks for listening and uh, and for calling in, uh, Mahomes. Again, we'll hear from him later on. I I know he was not happy with uh, his connection with Marquez Valdez Scantling today, in particular. The footwork seemed like there was something going on there, which Mahomes himself has talked about. We'll take a closer look at it in the week to come. But it seemed like the footwork wasn't great. like Some of the chemistry wasn't great. But then also, he throws an absolute line drive to Justin Watson to get him in a field goal range the special teams couldn't capitalize on. The first drive of the game was absolutely methodical. Runs and short passes, the conversion on fourth and one, the Pacheco touchdown to cap it off. Uh, the second offensive drive, they immediately sputter out. The third drive, uh, it was everything working, and then Mahomes has that pick in the end zone. Totally miserable, um, despite the fact that he had an absolute needle, the juju on first and goal, uh, that was a centimeter away from being a touchdown and like a career highlight for any other quarterback. And just another play you could gloss over for Patrick Mahomes. Offense hums again after the uh, the Russell Wilson rushing touchdown. Just a nefarious play design on that. Touchdown to Jarek McKinnon, sliding between the right guard and right tackle. Beautiful play design. And then right before the half, it's the uh, the bomb to Watson on the sideline with 11 seconds and gets you to field goal range. There were some misses in there, but I don't want to be revisionist and pretend like that first half of football was not plenty good to at least have you up. I mean, again, certainly you'd like to just have the football where Tony doesn't fumble it there. But... That game should have been at minimum 16-10 at halftime, even just if if Butker and Townsend just get that 51-yard field goal through the uprights. This team has problems. They could lose to just about anybody. They could also beat just about anybody. There's no perfect football being played in the NFL right now, and I think that's worth keeping in mind in the context of it all as we get closer and closer to playoff time, but... I'm encouraged by the direction of the defense. I am a little bit concerned about some of those, especially in the second half, some of those moments from Mahomes. That, that pick in the end zone was really frustrating, but it was immediately after some incredibly thrown footballs. Football's weird and difficult. The mechanical footwork issues from later on are more concerning than me. I don't think we're about to get a cold streak of Patrick Mahomes games, though. If we do, we can talk about that after they lose in the playoffs to the Jags in the first round or whatever. I just don't think that's going to be where we end up. Totally could be. Because this team is an absolute roller coaster at times. That's true for a lot of the league. We'll take a break here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. It's brought to you by CBD American Shaman. When Kansas City scores, you score big, at your local CBD American Shaman. Our team score is your percent off. They scored 27 points in this game, so you get 27% off all day tomorrow on orders of $100 or more. But the CBD American Shaman, life is better with a feather.
0: On second and goal, McKinnon to the end zone, touchdown,
1: Kansas City. Some juice back at Arrowhead Stadium on that touchdown, making it our electric play of the game brought to you by Bickmer Electric. Bickmer Electric, from small jobs to big jobs, the Bickmer team knows how to take care of your commercial and residential electric needs. Bickmer Electric. Jarek McKinnon's been a touchdown machine. The offense has found ways to continue soldiering on. But really, now again, I'm imagining we're going to hear something about the negatives of this performance from this particular player today. But generally, man, it was really good to see Kadarius Toney getting more involved in the offense, not just in little gadget stuff, but also getting involved downfield. And if uh, Clark Hunt just suddenly wants to invest like $200 million into some really advanced uh, hamstring-based science to make sure he can stay healthy going forward, I would like that very much, but also he had uh, one of the negative plays of the day that'll certainly stick with you and that put yet another negative tint on the uh, the special team's performance. That is, of course, Kadarius Toney uh, as well. The the receiving explosion, the special team's mistake. Meanwhile, the Vikings are totally melting down against the Packers. It's 17-13 Green Bay and uh, Kirk Cousins just threw a pick just for just checking around the rest of the league. Not a noon game. It's not a noon game. It's also not primetime. Oh, man, a dude fell down. Two guys fell down. Thielen was open. Oh, boy. Well, anyway, uh, the good news is you don't have to be a Vikings fan, and the Chiefs did take care of business today, partially with help from Kadarius Tony, and partially with a mistake from Kadarius Tony. Our own Todd Lebo and others caught up to Tony in the locker room after the win.
15: And we uh, don't put ourselves in the best position. And, right, right, right. Uh, today, we just, you know, that was our, uh, our focus point, like getting started. Yeah,
0: you had a uh, fumble, you know,
15: early, but then you you came back. seemed like, you wanted to make a point uh, to come out and, and do your thing, man. What, what was said on the office? I know Travis talked to you, Chris Jones. What was some some of these things
6: said to you guys on the to you on the office?
15: Uh, basically they told me to just shake it off. You know, just you know, 'cause they know how hard of a competitor I am. So they just told me to just shake it off and, you know, what I'm saying just, they come they coming right back to me, and that's when I made the other catch or whatever. Yeah, so Andy Reid always makes a point to come right back to guys after they make a mistake, man. Yeah, What's facts. it mean for you to do that? That's. And I, he, uh, I appreciate that, really, because it's more of like, you know, you get your confidence back. You know, you might make
6: mess up or something like that, and you get your opportunity to get your confidence, yeah. Outside this building, a lot of people thought this would be a walkover, right? But the Broncos really fought hard. Did they bring it harder than you thought they would today? No,
15: nah, not really. I mean, you can't never take a team lightly in the NFL. I mean, it's every day, you know.
6: What uh, did you guys, the coach told us earlier in the week, expect whatever from them, right, because there's a new coaching staff and all that. Did they do anything to surprise you guys at all on defense? Uh, did I stop you?
15: No, nah, nah, not really. No, nah, we just uh, had poor execution on some drives. and You know, we just got to make plays out there.
6: You guys continue to win these close games. I mean, that's the important part as you head towards the
15: postseason. Is that right? I mean, we just trying to play our best football right now. However we get the win, is how we get it.
1: I don't know that they're playing all their best football. That's sort of the the concerning thing heading into the playoffs. I just think that they're doing enough to win these games. It'll be more difficult against better opponents, obviously. Uh, and the Chiefs have largely raised their levels against better opponents as well. It's a very strange mechanism that I I don't think is nearly as scientific as I would like for it to be, because you can understand kind of what's going on with the, the ups and downs a little bit better. Ultimately, there's just... Sort of some randomness. Hey, in fact, Kadarius Tony just tweeted, I got to be better with securing that ball. Uh, face palm emoji. My apologies. So, Canarius uh, Tony is also, whoop, whoop, hold on. That tweet might be gone. Nope, still there. Okay. Tweet deck confused me for a moment, but Canarius uh, Tony is also taking the Twitter to say, hey, my bad. He's right. Secure that ball, and we're talking about a really fun day for Tony as opposed to one with its ups and its downs. Uh, on the defensive side, we saw a couple of nice plays today from Colin Saunders. Uh, he's really, since, other than missing some time with, a, with an illness, he's been available this year, like Chris Jones discussed, and he's made some impact plays. Today, somebody, somebody forgot to block number 99, you know, the bowling ball of a defensive lineman, and uh, he got through, finished that sack, and, and made a great play. The whole defensive line had a pretty good day overall. Here's Colin Saunders from the locker room.
11: It's like you guys still stood up but not put those best situations. Uh, honestly, it just it shows that how much of a team game it is. Uh, you know, we 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 are not ones to point fingers in here. I don't care if it's a blatant thing that happened or not because at the end of the day, there were four quarters that, that were played. And you got to account for everything that happened in those 15-minute quarters in each one. So, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, never, it's never a, hey, they put you in bad positions, blah, blah, blah. We probably, we, we probably could have put them in better positions, how I look at it. So, um, you know, and then on top of all of that, when you got 1-5 at the helm, you know, it, it, you, you got a good feeling about every time you take the field. So, um, yeah, I think that it just shows you how much of a team game it is and how committed we are to uh, uplifting our brothers. And um, Spags has a thing where he says you want to push each other all week and then pull each other on game day. And I think we exemplify that pretty well, um, just pushing each other to work as hard as we can all week to get it right. And then on game day, pulling each other along, you know, pulling each other along, saying, hey, we got you, we got your back, stuff like that. So I think that we exemplify that pretty well. Take us through your sack. Honestly, I think it was a busted um, blocking assignment because they just split, like, the red <laughs> um But the hardest part about that is getting the athletic quarterback, like, Russell down and um, – so I just had to come to balance, you know, just make sure that kind of play basketball right there. And um, and luckily, you know, he ain't, he ain't get too elusive, and I was able to corral him and, and bring him down. And, um, yeah, you know, the rest is history. Coach said uh, all week long
6: that you guys had a lot of respect for the Broncos, even with the coaching change and all that. Be ready for anything. Did they do anything today that surprised you at all? That it was different than
11: last time? Um, n- well, not really. I mean, just from even beyond the coaching change, um, watching their film from the last time, we played them till now. They added a couple wrinkles in, which is that's every team, you know. We, we just watched the game plan, and um, we saw that they were trying to attack the perimeter a lot. And so we just focus on trying to set that edge right, uh, right and uh, hold that perimeter edge run down, and um, you know just go from there and see what we get.
15: What was, what was the full psych dance? Good. Talk us
11: through that. Uh, it's my boy Duke Deuce. You know, I had to turn up for Memphis one time. I, uh, that's one of my favorite ra- uh, rappers out right now. And uh, it's called Juking. So I had to juke for him one time, you know. I, I've been thinking about that all year. I've been waiting for it. I can't wait to put some Duke Deuce music over top of it. What do you
6: credit having a a three-and-a-half sacks career high for you? What do you credit for the success this year and getting quarterbacks to the
11: ground? Well, honestly, it's just health. Uh, I've, I've said before that health is wealth, and I have not been healthy my last two years. My rookie year was the first time I was truly healthy like that. And um, and that was the last time I had any kind of uh, significant uh, impact on the team. So I'm just blessed, man. I'm blessed to be healthy. Um, you know that. And and with health, com- with health comes opportunities, and um, it's just been opportunities for you know the rush of the pasture to be out there when there's passing situations. And I'm just, you know, I'm lucky. I'm blessed. I- I'm thankful that I get this opportunity to to play the game that I love doing. But um, that's what I credit with it, man. Just just health being that being on the field. You know, I think that um, my ability has always been there. I just
1: haven't been healthy. The other uh, part in the opportunity availability side of things is the Chiefs really needed Colin Saunders to have his best season as a pro, especially after Tershawn Wharton uh, was injured and and placed on injured reserve, ending his season. He was a big part of this defense, and he and Saunders were kind of working together, sharing some of that work in a rotation, and then uh, uh, Wharton ends up going to IR, Saunders steps in, and he really has taken advantage of a lot of those opportunities. It showed. Been a big, big year so far for number 99. Uh, big year for a big man. Uh, that's Kadarius Tony and Colin Saunders from the locker room here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show. That's our locker room report presented by Twin Peaks.
18: The Chiefs locker room report is brought to you by Twin Peaks. No one does football like Twin Peaks. Whatever your preference, they have everything from tequila cocktails and an extensive bourbon category to top shelf spirits and cocktails served over ice balls. Local craft beers and handcrafted whiskey cocktails round out an adventurous drink menu, second to none. And don't forget about their 29 degree man sized drafts at Twin Peaks.
1: We'll take a quick timeout here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB post-game show. We'll hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes when we come back. I'm Joshua Briscoe, Beards McFly on the other side of the glass. Chiefs win just wasn't ever easy, but when would it be? New Year, same Chiefs, same Sports Radio 810 WHB post-game show.
0: Wilson quarters. Wilson throwing in it. Inner- Two-yard line by Jarius Sneed. And he's still on his feet. Still on his feet. Getting
1: up blockers to the 15 and down at about the 17-yard line. It was a great play by Lejarius Sneed and then an electric play by Lejarius Sneed and then a scary play for Lajarius Sneed as he was injured on that play. Later returned though, and he made our defensive play of the game. Brought to you by Slagle Fence. When you need a fence, call Slagle Fence. Slagle Fence installs it all from wood to ornamental steel to vinyl to chain link. No job is too large, and it'll look great too. Schedule your free estimate by going to slaglefence.com or call 816-863. Next up on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show, we will hear from the man himself. Andy Reid started off by delivering some injury updates. We'll hear from him and then Patrick Mahomes as well. But first,
18: Andy Reid is presented by Robert Brogdon Buick GMC and Robert Brogdon's Olathe Kia. Visit BrogdonAutomotive.com. We will
1: start from the top with Andy Reid's opening statement and his view on the injuries as Skymore and Joe Tooney both left the game with injuries and did not return.
8: All right, um, as far as the injuries go, Joe Tooney uh, re-injured that ankle. We'll just have to see where it goes from here. They'll MRI it and do all that. Um, Skymore had a laceration on his hand, right on the inside of his hand. So I'll have to take care of that too. We'll just see how he does here in the next couple days um, As far as the game goes, I thought it was a um, a Good game it was up and down a bit went through some lulls offensively. Um, I thought the defense did a nice job uh, throughout special teams for the most part with the exception of uh, The field goal that got blocked there, you know got tipped um, that uh, you know, things were working pretty good there too on special teams. So, um, as far as individual things, um, so uh, the offense uh, ended up giving up the 14, really the 14 points of the turnovers. As far as the punt, block punt return or the fumble punt return, then the pick, but then came back and made uh, some decent plays there uh, to score. It seemed like we were moving up and down the field, and then something would happen there for a bit, but ended up. Uh, Four for five in the red zone. Defensively, Snead's play was a big play uh, for us. Uh, I think he was completely exhausted after that, but he uh, he did a did a nice job there. I thought our defensive line was relentless. They, they got themselves around Russell. Um, Russell's still a good football player, and uh, um, I, I know things you know things haven't gone quite the way he wanted them to, but he can still play, and uh, and they're they're working through all of that. Uh, I thought Pat um, You know he ended up 28 for 41 um, still over 100 passer rating and 322 yards, so I mean there's some plays that he definitely liked that back uh, But that's how picky we are right. I mean we're you start nitpicking these things and uh, As he does so but that's the way uh, That's what great players do Uh, McKinnon again continues to play well so I, I just thought overall, I, I, I like the team win. Uh, we have stuff that we need to work on. You know, I'm not oblivious to when you bring in a new coach, the energy of the team that you're going to play against. Uh, there's quite a record there, 15 and 10. So, you know, with, with coaches in that position. Um, so it's, uh, you know, um, it was, it's a tribute to them. and and doing what they're what they're doing they played hard and aggressive football Um, i love their head coach the interim head coach he does a great job Uh, he's been a great coach in this league for a long time i have a ton of respect for him Um, so anyways with that with that time's
1: Andy Reid with quite a bit to say in his opening statement. There, uh, generally pretty pleased with the team win, understanding that uh, teams can have a little bit of a new energy in the interim situation. Fifteen and ten being the records, kind of interesting. But uh, also notes that there are some plays that Patrick Mahomes would like to have back. I'm sure one of those would be the, the interception in the end zone.
8: Yeah, yeah. So uh, he, he's going to try those things. That's going to happen sometimes. Um, you don't want to take that take that away. You just He knows better than anybody that it's got to be a better decision than than that one. Uh, But um, there are certain things you don't take away from quarterbacks you you go with. And, uh, you know, you keep working to get better is what you try to do. And so things like that don't happen.
1: And obviously, again, some of the stuff around the mechanics of Patrick Mahomes later on ended up being uh, a question about if there were any sort of injuries uh, at any point. Matt Derrick, who we'll talk to later on, noted that, Matt, that uh, Mahomes spent a little bit of time talking to Rick Burkholder, but never entered the injury tent. And so uh, Reed was asked if Mahomes' knee was an issue at any point.
8: No, I, I thought initially he might, uh, but it didn't, didn't seem to bother him, I don't think. so. He seems to be good now, so.
1: So no real concern there in terms of the health of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but also lots of reasonable, I think, questions about running the football a little more often. And Andy Reid was, uh, was asked about why they went so pass happy even later on in the game.
8: And, it, and on a day like today, the uh, numbers were pretty skewed to the pass game. And it seems like Denver's had some issues with the run, run game. How come you guys didn't look? Yeah, really- no, so they actually... Uh, play, uh, they were playing a run defense so it gave us an opportunity to throw the ball a little bit and um, that's how we're moving it up and down the field you know, so uh, as quickly as we were.
1: That one's interesting uh, that, that hey, we felt like they were just showing, they, they were showing us a run look, so we threw the ball and were able to move it pretty decently um, I, I would like to see Isaiah Pacheco get a few more touches, but that's a pretty straightforward answer from Andy Reid, you don't always get him quite that cut and dried uh, also, though, the offense has had kind of its issues with the rhythm and, and being able to keep a game uh, functioning at a high level throughout it. Andy Reid asked if they'd like to be in a better rhythm going into the postseason.
8: Yeah, well, you'd like to, you know, you'd like to be um, in rhythm. I'm not overly concerned about it. I think we'll when that time comes, we, we've got to do it. Uh, you know, we'll be there ready to go. Um so I, I think um, you have to respect what the guys are doing right now, um, and when you guys, you guys evaluate everything, so you evaluate who we're playing and how we're going about our business, you know, against these teams um, and winning games, you know, and so you, you got to look at that kind of close.
1: Uh, yeah, everyone would like to be in a better rhythm. We'll see where the Chiefs' offense gets here. Meanwhile. Um, The Raiders' offense with Jarrett Stidham going up against the San Francisco 49ers. Early in the third quarter, Jarrett Stidham has thrown his third touchdown of the day. 24-14, I believe. In uh, Raiders, it sure is Raiders-Niners right now, 24-14. It looks like the Raiders have the ball back already. Devontae Adams On fire. Jarrett Stidham, got the throw on this one's crazy from the left sideline. the Raiders might not just roll over next week. Might be here doing another post-game show about another weird game. Shocking, isn't it? Uh, Brock Purdy in that game. 8 for 12, 37 yards. Jarrett Stidham And two touchdowns. Out. Jarrett Stidham out. Well, okay, there you go. Uh, Jarrett Stidham, Brock Purdy. You know what, I'm going to change it to uh, to just a gunslinger show. Also, I believe the Vikings did they just miss their third field goal of the day already? Is that possible? It's not even five o'clock yet. Is that number three? Uh, anyway, the uh, Vikings are going to lose. It's not even halftime yet. I feel. I feel. It, when have the Vikings ever had a totally improbable late game comeback to erase an unforgettable deficit? I mean, when have they done that once recently? I think probably never. Uh, Vikings are one for three on field goals for the day. They miss a. They miss an, They miss no. an extra point because they haven't scored a touchdown yet. Maybe yeah, they just missed the two and I've seen a lot of replays. I'm not sure. Everyone on the Vikings sideline looks frustrated and the uh, the Packers are going to try to score one more time before the half. Bonkers football happening around the league right now, which goes back to my previous conversation uh, about how uh, can the Chiefs uh, win a playoff game? Yes, absolutely. I believe that they will. Can they win the Super Bowl? Yeah, absolutely. Football is crazy. It's just that there hasn't been all the consistency you'd like to see from the defense or from the, from the Chiefs altogether, not just the defense, offensively in particular, actually. It's just sort of a strange time. Uh, Adam Schefter tweets, two quarterbacks have thrown for three passing touchdowns in a game this season against the 49ers. Patrick Mahomes and Jarrett Stidham. Jarrett Stidham has done it in uh, about two and a half quarters. Football's weird. Uh, Next up here from Andy Reid, our own Todd Lebo, asked about uh, what the the, the success has led to and and how they have found the success they have against the AFC West, because the the run has been, yes, just continued, continued dominance.
6: Very close games you guys have played against all these teams in the AFC West this year, and you've... Found a way to get it done. Is there something you can pinpoint with your group that gets those things done when it needs to be done?
8: Yeah, when you look at it, it's it, and I know I'm kind of summing it up, but it, it seems like when the other team scores, we go score. You know, <laughs> so we start scoring, and then uh, when they score, we score. So it's um, that's a. Um, but we we got to stay more consistent with it. Obviously, you can't have the, the mistakes once you get in the playoffs.
1: That's true. That's what it comes down to. I mean, again, I think the Chiefs are going to keep making mistakes, but if they can just force some from the team across from them or limit a few of their own. That's the difference between this team in an early exit and in a Super Bowl win. Meanwhile, Mason Crosby just kicked a field goal. I got to go see how far he kicked this sucker because it went off the crossbar, but on the top of it and then bounced through. Yeah, 55-yard field goal there in Green Bay. 27 to 3. The Pack the 7 and 8 Packers over the 12 and 3 Vikings. I believe now also if the Packers win out, they they control their own destiny. It's sort of a silly phrase, but I believe that the, the Packers control their own fate if they win out and it seems like they're going to as they just entered halftime blowing out the Vikings who cannot buy a bucket. Wild uh, here from Andy Reid. One thing you mentioned that uh, earlier on that I thought was a little curious. So that largely felt pretty good about the special teams, aside from the uh, the blocked field goal. They had the aborted extra point and then the Kadarius Tony fumble. So here's Andy Reid being asked more specifically about the special teams again.
8: Yeah, yeah. So it's a good lesson for Tony, who doesn't have a lot of experience at doing this. Um, but you, you keep that ball in the other hand, keep it out in the outside, and uh, and so it's, it's great for him to to. Learned that, and and uh, um, and was we're blessed to have him. He, he he came right back and made a huge play for us, and he's something good football player. Um, so we'll get all that worked out, but he, he needs he just needs time, experience doing it. And you
15: know, on the hold,
8: yeah. Well, the, the hold was the one that we dropped. You're saying, yeah, yeah. That ended up being not so good, you know.
1: I mean, yeah, no, he's right. It did end up being not so good. Um, we had a caller also earlier mentioned on that. camp. sorry, I can't remember who it was. Uh, but on the Tony, the, the Tony fumble, just holding it in the holding it in the wrong in the wrong hands. Got a punched out. Frustrating. Not a pattern yet for Tony as a fumbler. If it becomes one, we'll keep talking about it. In the meantime, I want to see him with the ball in his hands. I just don't want to see him put the ball on the ground. That uh, you can't you can't just pull every dude who fumbles off the field. Isaiah Pacheco had a bad fumble, and now everyone wants to see Isaiah Pacheco get the ball more. It's the circle of life. Make a play, lose the ball, make another play. Ideally, stop losing the football. No panic from me on Canarias. Tony, I'm very glad he's on this football team. Uh, by the way, very quickly on that Minnesota Green Bay Bay game. Yeah. Um, from Scorgami, uh, it has a
3: 10% chance to end in a Scorgami. Most likely, 51-6. to
1: <laughs> Let's see it. It is within striking distance. In Green Bay, the Packers were favored by like three points. There, I thought it was weird. Oh God, I hope it. I don't think I bet on that one for the zone this week, did I? Also, I um, don't think that was my pick. Justin Jefferson, no receptions at halftime. Do you, do you think the Vikings would take like um, MVS for him straight up? Yeah, I think. I mean, I think they might. Let's the, Chiefs, do it. the Chiefs should get a pick back, you know. Justin Watson and a, a for uh, Justin Jefferson in a second. That's the offer. Take it or leave it, Minnesota. Listen, I don't see Justin Jefferson out there on special teams. Exactly. Make a move for the future, Minnesota. I also don't watch any Vikings games, so I don't know for sure. You, you've been missing some good theater and some bizarre football. Uh, one of the guys who uh, certainly was an enormous part of the Chiefs offense today and has been this whole season... The Jarek McKinnon experience has been a thrilling one, and Andy Reid talked about the, what's gone into the success for Jarek McKinnon.
8: Uh, well, he's always had that. He, he's so patient. Um, I mentioned to our guys that he, uh, you know, he's a quarterback, a legitimate quarterback in, in college, so he he kind of knows how the game works from uh, as a whole, and he's patient with that. So uh, I think that helps him in the run game. Uh, you know, knowing how gaps are set up, knowing how secondaries fill and, uh, for the run. And and again, he just, he can catch the ball on top of all that. You know, good runner, good good catcher.
1: He's done it all for the Chiefs. I mean, he's really stupendous. I don't need to see him take a ton of carries because partially it's self-preservation for him. Partially because Pacheco right now is the, the better pure runner, I think. But in this game, I know Andrew said they were playing a run defense. 9 carries for Pacheco 4 for Mahomes 2 for McKinnon 1 for Ronald Jones 16 carries for 46 yards altogether It wasn't, I mean, 3 yards a carry 2.9 It wasn't very efficient when they did it And even I wouldn't have minded them doing it Maybe just Just a little more Just, just a little bit more but obviously with, with McKinnon, a lot of a lot of his function comes through the passing game as an extension of the running game, although not only that way because McKinnon was targeted downfield today as well. He's just been a, a, a total uh, – is, is calling him a game changer unreasonable? I don't think it is. He, he has been so good for this team in a way that I don't think they've had since Damien Williams, maybe in terms of just like the veteran kind of scrap heap guy that they find that really fits what they want to do, that has a great understanding of what they're doing. Total, total revelation, Jerry McKinnon in 2022 uh, and now 2023, I suppose. Lastly, here from Andy Reid, he was asked about watching Monday Night Football and uh, what he's expecting for Bills Binkles.
8: Oh, you yeah, know, we'll watch it. Yeah. yeah, just see how you can watch it live as it's going. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll be in and out of me. What we've done is we have to take it as if we're playing on Saturday. that's why you have to go about it. So our coaches have been working uh, today and yesterday. Um, this morning and yesterday, finishing up the run game and some of the pass game stuff, and so we'll, we'll get tomorrow to add a little bit to it, and and then we're right into it. So we're, we're treating it like he, which is the only way you can do it. If they sprout a Saturday on us, we got to be ready to roll.
1: Yeah, so that's another wrinkle in all of this. That seems like there's a really good chance the Chiefs end up playing on Saturday this weekend, but it's it's like a weird flex game where and I know this sucks for anyone in Kansas City who's got tickets to get to vegas um but that's the that's the situation they're in right now just the way that some more games play out i think it might end up being impacted by monday and i don't know what the chief's vision or what the nfl's vision is for the saturday and sunday um but it seems like the chiefs know that they're on a list that, that could be flex over to saturday so the chiefs have to prepare as if that's going to be the plan that is andy reed right here on sports radio 810 whb kansas city patrick mahomes coming up next right after this
18: Patrick Mahomes Press Conference, brought to you by Xfinity. Xfinity Internet, stay connected with Wi-Fi coverage that delivers the speed, reliability, and coverage you need. Can your internet do that?
1: Patrick Mahomes here at the podium uh, earlier on, starting off by being asked about the 5,000-yard milestone that he hit once again this year.
17: Yeah, I mean, obviously it's re- really cool if you look at the, the names that are on that list. I mean, you're talking about the, the all-time greats with Drew Brees and Tom Brady, um, Peyton Manning. So uh, just to, to be on that a part of a list that has those names on there, uh, I mean, it's a special accomplishment. And I'm glad I have the people around me and the coaches around me to be able to do it.
1: It's a huge accomplishment that, of course, he's going to make about everyone else around him. But uh, it, it's been another incredible year for Mahomes, this time doing it, of course, without the number one wide receiver that, that he spent a lot of time throwing those yards to in the past. Uh, now Mahomes talking about some of the ups and downs of the offense today and how the Chiefs have overcome some of the challenges and the struggles.
17: Yeah, I mean, there, was, there wasn't there many challenges. I, mean, I, I feel like I was fine. I feel like my feet got bad there in the second half. And then I missed the deep throws whenever they were there. Um, and so um, when you're playing a defense like this, whenever they give you opportunities, you have to execute on them. And um, I didn't today. I, I took what was there and did a lot of good things as far as moving the chains uh, in that first half. But in the second half, I just missed a lot of throws that we sh- I have to hit.
0: So you, you didn't feel like the hit impacted you? No, nah, I mean.
17: You just felt like your mechanical. Yeah, I feel like I don't know if it, it impacted at all. It's just, it just my mechanics. I lost my mechanics in that second half, and I was trying to find a way to get back into them. And I think you saw in even some of the completions. Or at least I, I felt like I, my feet weren't in the right spot. I was kind of thrown off my back foot, um, and I think that whenever I get in that mode, it's whenever I, I can struggle. And so I have to be better at kind of correcting that stuff in game. What's, what's the process of correcting that? Stuff? Yeah, I mean it's hard. I mean when you're out there in live, people are flying around around you. Um, but I just have to be better at stepping up in the pocket. Uh, finding that soft spot in the pocket um, and then making the throw, and I think even the the last one, the Marquez on the sideline, that's a throw I, I've thrown a million times. And uh, leaving it short, I told him to get to the sticks and go out right there at the sticks, and then I was the one that threw it short of the sticks. So, uh, just had to be better. I had to be better uh, about hitting those throws whenever they present themselves. And
1: it's good stuff there from Mahomes on the quick self-scout there. Uh, but but he missed some today. There were a couple of throws off his back foot that, not not in the off his back foot like the coaching scouting for perfect mechanics on a quarterback that does it differently but like off his back foot and then the ball didn't have as much juice as he needed it to have there were a couple of those today a couple of under throws here and there kind an of overthrow here or there those are things that i do think could very well come down to the footwork and and just something that he continues to work on as we go and, and i don't i don't think it's any sort of scourge that he's going to have to continue to try to avoid the rest of the way just a Frustrating couple of sequences in a relatively frustrating game for the offense with some ups and downs. Specifically, that pick in the red zone, obviously, is a bad turnover, uh, but it was very nearly a, a great uh, throw to Juju a couple plays before. Here's Mahomes on that sequence.
17: Yeah, I was just, it was a bad throw, just in general. I mean, I left it really far inside. I don't know if Watson would have been able to catch it because I threw it so far inside. Um, I, th- I thought there was a window there, but those are those throws we talk about that's like him or nobody. Kind of like the one at the end of half where you throw it on the sideline. If he can make the catch, he makes the catch. If he doesn't, um, then it's just an incompletion. Um, but that was just a bad throw that a good player made a, made a good play on. So uh, I just have to be better, especially in the red zone, of not turning the ball over.
1: A him or nobody throw is the goal there, uh, which he, you heard him explain. So I won't re-explain it in a you know worse way. But a him or nobody throw that that he did not put on a him or nobody spot. Some issues from Mahomes today. Interesting to hear him talk about him a little bit. Uh, also, Kadarius Tony, offensively, he was helpful on special teams. He made a mistake. Here's Mahomes on what he saw from number nineteen.
17: Yeah, he's he's another weapon. I mean, he, I mean, obviously, I've seen him with the when he gets the ball and he can make people miss and make stuff happen. Um, but I don't think people have really seen him run those deep routes yet. And so, when you have another guy that can go deep and, and take the pressure off guys like Marquez and and uh, McCole when he gets back and Jay Watt um, Sky, all those guys, you can have another guy. Um, it, it helps you. You can be more diverse as an offense they don't know where it's coming from
1: and more dynamic more more versatile more explosive I, I'm really excited about Kadarius Tony in this offense uh, and again we spent a lot of times after wins talking about the things that weren't good enough so Mahomes was asked here about what was the most satisfying part of yes a victory today
17: it's not a lot of satisfying for me um, but uh, I mean just the fact that we battled through I mean the team the defense played their tail off we put them in a lot of bad situations and they kept making stops especially in that second half um, I thought the, the O-line played well. I thought the receivers and tight ends played well. And I, I just got to be better at putting the ball on them in good spots. I feel like I didn't play at the top of my game today. Um, and I thought the guys around me stepped up. So, that, I mean, that's the best thing I took from it was I, I'm not always going to have my best, up and, the best stuff and when guys around me step up and we can still win football games, it's a good sign.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's true. And he knows, I know, you know, we all know. He needs to have his best stuff come playoff time. We'll, we'll see if he does. If it's a game like this against a better team, Might be the end of the season. Single elimination games, playoffs, football. That's what happens. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, we've talked about plenty Mahomes, talking about uh, the guy who has been a frequent flyer on the Mahomes touchdown reception list.
17: Yeah, I was talking to him about it. He, he just finds a way to get in the end zone. I mean, a lot of those things, um, he's not the first read. He's not the second read. Um, he, I mean, the first one he was, we had the little screen pass versus the, the pressure look that they had that we called, the coach, the coach E.B. and them called. That was a great call. Um, but um, I think the, the fact that he's able to just be in the right spot at the right time, whenever I need to hit a check down, I can get it to him, and then he makes the most out of them getting into the end zone. I mean, it, it's, it's cool to see because he just does his job. I think he, that's the biggest thing is he does his job to the best of his ability, if that's protecting, if that's running a route, um, whatever it is, running the football. And uh, those are the guys that you need to go out there and win football games. And, I mean, you you just want other guys to keep doing that because he does it to the best of his ability every single time.
1: He does pretty much everything. It does pretty much everything well. Uh, huge for this offense, Jarek McKinnon. Uh, next for Mahomes here. Frustrating day for the offense and for him, as he's already talked about, but does it change anything for this week in preparation, and is there a, a positive element of finding areas to improve while you're still winning football games?
17: Yeah, I just got to continue to go back to my fundamentals, uh, especially as the season goes on. Uh, you get in funk sometimes and you have to find a way to battle through, and we did today, um, but I'll just really emphasize my feet, um, having. It- good base in the pocket and uh, making the throws. And so uh, it's hard to get reps on those deep ones because you're at the end of the season. You can't get a lot of reps. Uh, but when we have them in practice, I'm going to try to make sure I throw them the right way and don't just throw it for the completion, throw it for the touchdown. Maybe this is putting a two positive spin on it. you feel like it's a good thing to have a reminder like this going into the playoffs and that's yeah, I mean, especially when you win. When you win and uh, you don't play your best ball, you don't feel like you play your best ball, um, that's always a good thing. Um, but, I mean, we played, We had a really good first half. We didn't score. I uh, had the bad interception in the red zone. You take a lot of good things from this. We, we, fourth quarter, we played well. Um, but at the end of the day, we have to find a way to for four quarters play our best football whenever we get to the playoffs, and I feel like we still haven't done that yet.
1: Yeah, which, you know, you'd like to see them playing their best football as the playoffs get here. Does it feel like that's going to happen? Maybe this is their best football? That's kind of the question. We've seen them execute at higher levels, but consistency when it gets cold out, not because of the weather, but because of the importance of the games, that ends up really being what matters. And now they're relying on the game tomorrow night to see where their seeding will end up. Here's Mahomes on watching Monday Night Football and what he's expecting and how he'll be watching Bill's Bengals.
17: Yeah, so keep me up past my bedtime. It's like gonna end up starting at like eight o'clock. So uh, you just—I mean, you just, you, I try not to be too invested in it. Uh, I mean, it's gonna be a great football game to, against with with two great teams um, and teams that you're probably gonna see in the playoffs. Um, at, uh, probably both or one or the other. Um, and so uh, you just—you just try to just watch it as a fan, like I always do. I mean, it's great quarterbacks, great defenses, great players. Um, and as a fan of the game, I like watching great uh, football teams go up against each other. Uh, And then as
1: we continue to talk about the AFC West here, our own Todd Lebo asking about, yes, more dominance against this division and what's behind the success against the AFC West.
6: You guys have continued to win these games against the AFC West 5-0 this year, but every one of them has been close They've been dogfights. What is it? Can you put your finger on why you guys are able to win these close games against your competition you have to face twice a year?
17: The biggest thing I could say is the coaches prepare us. Um, The coaches prepare us to play these games against. uh, We we know we're going to get their best shot every single time, Um, and they've prepared us to put us in situations when stuff's not going good. How can you find a way to to make it to make it uh, positive? Um, And uh, for us, uh, we've done a great job. But even when we haven't been playing our best football, we've been able to respond and find a way to win them.
1: Uh, And you you share the credit. Finding a way to win is one thing. Dominant wins are another think if they also were winning these games dominantly, even less late in the year, it would be like, oh, well, you know, you've got to do it against a good team. They haven't done it against the Bills or the Bengals yet, so uh, will they ever be able to do it against them in the playoffs? Those are the moving parts. But the, the truth behind the AFC West, it's been a insanely dominant run that you just don't you don't see 15 consecutive wins over one team very often. The Chiefs have that over the Broncos now. And as that was happening, especially earlier on in the game when Mahomes was dropping some of those absolute dimes, Arrowhead was chanting MVP for, of course, Patrick Mahomes, the NFL's MVP of this season. Here's Mahomes on what it meant to hear that in the stands.
17: Yeah, it's special, man. This Arrowhead's a special place. Um, and the fans, Chiefs Kingdom is a special group of people. And uh, to get their support every single time I'm out here or if I'm in public or whatever it is, um, it's something that I'll, I'll always cherish. Um, and so uh, them to support me and to support this team like they do, um, it's something that I don't think anyone else that's not a part of this Chiefs football team will ever understand
1: couple more from Mahomes here on the offensive side the Marquez Valdez Scantling misses Mahomes said he was a little offbeat with MBS today
17: yeah, I mean, I went right up to him after the game and just told him I, I let him down today. I mean, he had probably two touchdowns of over 50 yards that he should have had today, and I missed the throws. One was short, and I know there's pressure, but I can make that throw, and one was long, so I have to be better, and I I'd tell him just to continue to go, and that's the type of player he is. He's going to continue to be out there and be a playmaker, and I think you've seen in our big games this year, he's been the guy that's been very valuable to us, um, and I expect that to happen in the playoffs when you have that game-changing speed um, and ability, you're going to a guy that we need uh, when it comes down to where we want to go.
1: They were off today, or he was off today, really. It's interesting to hear him specifically go to what he did wrong as opposed to just, hey, we we weren't quite in sync. Sometimes you can kind of tell what's really going on by, based off what does and doesn't get included in those conversations. It just sounds like Mahomes is really frustrated with his misses to MVS today, not that um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling was not running the right routes or whatever. Mahomes missed a couple of throws. It's weird to see, but it, you know, apparently can actually happen. Last one from Mahomes here. One more conversation about Jarek McKinnon, the value to the team and his scores today.
17: No, it's, I mean, it's extremely special. I mean, it's, it's just, it's so cool to me because he's one of those guys that, that he does, it, like I said, he does it the right way. It's not like he's looking for the, the glory or the praise. He just comes to work every single day with a smile on his face and he brings the energy. And um, he, if you ask anybody in the locker room, he's probably one of, the, uh, probably one of if not the, the favorite guy in the locker room. Everybody loves him, and that's the type of guy he is. And um, it's good to see that, that it's it's paying off of the hard work that he's doing. Um, and uh, hopefully he can keep scoring touchdowns. This is a good thing for us.
8: That's one other thing on Jarek that, the second touchdown. Can you just describe how that unfolded? Because it looked like he slipped out pretty late um, from from the backfield. A little protection first.
17: Yeah, yeah, no. The the second one we actually. The first one he slipped out; it wasn't a protection. He was supposed to slip out of the backfield. He was—we were kind of bluffing the protection and we wanted him to kind of do that. And the second one uh, was a great design play uh, the coaches had, where they they wanted to get that attention on all those guys on the right, um, especially Kelsey. Um, and then we slipped we slipped kind of jet out of the backfield, and then he he kind of ran ran underneath uh, Marquez. Marquez did a good job of kind of running interference or whatever you call it. Um, and so uh, it's um, it's a it's a special it's a special thing that uh, the coaches could always design great plays um, and. Then and you go out there and execute, and it takes everybody. I mean, like, like, like I'm saying, running interference. I mean, everybody's laughing. I mean, you have to have that fine line of running interference and not picking. And I think that's a that's a something that you have to really emphasize because it's emphasized in the league this year.
1: It is, and that is something that, that MVS did well today and uh, frequently is doing downfield, where the, the Chiefs are running interference to try to get DBs to run into each other or into their guy, but you can't get called for a pick or call it OP- OPI. So there really is a um, a skill to that that the, uh, the Chiefs have been pretty good at executing this year, but it also uh, wasn't a perfect day offensively. So we're going to have plenty to talk about over the remainder of the week and plenty to talk about with our friend Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. He'll join us next on the Sports Radio 810 WHB Postgame Show presented by CBD American Show free CBD samples every day.
0: From the five, Pacheco to the three, pushing forward to the end zone. Did he get there? Touchdown. Isaiah Pacheco, the seventh round draft pick, the rookie out of Rutgers, his fourth rushing touchdown of the season.
1: He didn't get a lot of work today, but one of the touches got him into the end zone. That's our play of the game presented by Central Bank. For more, visit them online at centralbank.net. For more here on the Sports Radio 810 WHB postgame show with Joshua Abrisco, Beards McFly on the side of the glass, we're joined now by Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com. Matt, never a doubt, right? I mean, never a chance that this game could be anything other than at least a little strange to ring in the new year.
12: Well, as you know, you choose to play anything but weird games.
1: Only ever weird games.
12: So by the very nature of the fact that every game is weird means that this was a normal everyday occurrence.
1: That's right. Yeah, I guess in in that sense, this was the most normal Chiefs game you could could ask for. Um, We could spend some time on all three sides of the ball, which we're now making sure we identify as a three-sided game because it's been very relevant to the Chiefs this year in a way that I never really thought that it would be. But I want to start on the offensive side because uh, you were you were on this on twitter and the pressers and everything trying to figure out what exactly happened with patrick mahomes uh when he had some absolute dimes early in the game and then started to experience some struggles later on what did you see from the offense where it was working where it sputtered and and what the difference was between those two things
12: yeah i mean um one point patrick mahomes was nine of nine for 73 yards and chiefs seemed to be moving the ball pretty effectively, you know, through the air. And then on the 10th pass, he kind of gets twisted into a little pretzel at the bottom of a pile. And after that, I mean, he seemed like a different guy. I mean, the ball just wasn't coming out quite as crisp. And the ball didn't seem to be carrying as much as it usually does for him. And, hey, we can only take at face value what we're told.
17: And, you know, Andy
12: Reid, Patrick Mahomes, both of them and downplayed the idea that there was anything physically wrong with him. But does the, does the eye test and the number test tell you a different story? Mm. Because the, the quarterback I saw on the first nine throws and, and this quarterback I saw on the, what was it, 33 other throws, mm. um, seemed a little bit different. And... I mean, you got to take it for what it is, but I I did not think that this was the most uh, even of games, let's put it that way, for Patrick Mahomes.
1: Yeah, even if you wanted to go on the injury sort of, uh, calling it a conspiracy theory is a bit much, but if you wanted to go down the injury route or just take him at his word, we just played all the audio uh, last segment, if you want to take him at his word that it was mechanical stuff, footwork stuff and all of that, the, the result of either of those, I think, is probably roughly the same. If it was mechanics because he wasn't playing very good football, or if it was mechanics because he'd gotten rolled up on and his, his lower half felt weird. Either way, I, I, I do think that's a reasonable explanation for, for why they were off by a little bit. Is that informative of anything going forward, or are we just in survive-to-the-playoffs mode now?
12: <laughs> well, I, know, I think there's probably 30, at least, uh, got to be at least 30 NFL teams who would probably say to themselves, if our quarterback is a little gimpy and mechanically unsound, and still throws for 328 yards and yeah. three touchdowns. Yeah. Um, I think they would. And I know the Raiders would take that every <laughs> 17 times a year right now. Mm-hmm. So um, we are grading on a little bit of a curve here. Uh, but you know, no. I mean, there's. Hey, the, the Chiefs are still able to move the football, so it, it doesn't give me any long-term concerns. You know, Mahomes finds a way to get it done, and today he found a way to get it done. And there's still a lot of things this you know team does effectively, but. I mean, if, if for whatever reason, your, your quarterback, especially your gunslinger quarterback, is mechanically uh, unsound and isn't able to do some of the things that he normally does, that would pose some concerns for me.
1: Let me just try to sell you on this take and you tell me what I'm getting wrong. If I, if I go full nihilist on the Chiefs right now, I'm not pessimist, but nihilist for the remainder of the regular season... None of this matters anymore. We know what the Chiefs are. There's nothing new to learn. We are just waiting for the games to be win or go home. I, I had nothing to actually learn from this game today. I will learn nothing next week. Uh, is that overstating it? Is that a little too nihilistic for you?
12: Um, not necessarily, because I mean, I think there is absolutely a case to be made that this was again. It probably doesn't mean much. I mean, you certainly did not know what the Broncos were going to show up was kind of a game today. You didn't know with the coaching changes and all the turmoil that's going on in Denver, if this was going to be a team that had a breath of fresh air, the dark cloud was lifted, they were going to come in and play with no reservations, a lot of young guys were going to get the play, try to put a lot of work on tape, or if it was going to be a team that just packed it in. And that clearly was not the case. This was a Broncos team that came in and played with a lot of emotion. Um, but that's what it was. I mean, this isn't a very good team. We know that. Um, it's, to me, it's, you know, it, you, you have your quarterback that doesn't have a very good day. If Patrick Mahomes has a good day and the Chiefs don't turn the ball over a couple of times and some bad turnovers, this is a completely different game. And and I feel like that there's enough of case to be made that your defense is continuing to trend in the right direction. So I don't think you have to, you know, be too pessimistic about this game. I mean, I think you could absolutely make the case that this game in and of itself isn't it could
1: even be anything about this team right now and I think I don't know if I'm, I'm kind of that, that was my over-exaggerated version to kind of feel what I really actually uh, think about what this game could mean but at least on offense and special teams I just kind of think it's been stuff. this was a version of a game we've seen half a dozen times already um, and so it's not that what I don't want to infer is that this game didn't matter, so the Chiefs packed it in, ran out their, their B minus material, and they're going to kick it in a high gear come playoff time. I think this is largely who there'll be come playoff time as well. Um, at least, again, let's stick to the offensive special teams because I want to I want to spend some real time on the defense this week too. But on the offensive side, and and with all the special teams mishaps of of this week's version. I just assume we're going to see some ups and downs that look like this for the remainder of this season, not just in the regular season, but also also come playoff time. Maybe they clean it up. Maybe they don't. But like, what were they going to prove to me today? If they played a perfectly clean game, I'd still be nervous about a a punt muff in the, the first round of the playoffs.
12: Well, and that's, to me, you know, the, the, the takeaways from this game, to me, would be what did this game reinforce that you already believe about this team? Yeah, that's a good way to and, put it. And I, to me, absolutely. I mean, it reinforces the belief that, that turnovers could, or, and special teams problems could absolutely be the undoing of this team at the absolute wrong time. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, conversely, I mean, I think that this is it underscores once again, like I said, that the defense is moving in the right direction. I think they're starting to figure some things out. Um, you see that this team, when it creates turnovers, good things happen. They need to do that more often. Um, you know, they've got and they've got individual guys who can make plays, especially on the defensive side. They just need to be more consistent, and yeah. that's the one thing that I think we're seeing more of is more consistency on the defensive side of the football. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's, to me, a good indication, but you're right. I mean, this game also, to me, underlined that there are a couple of problems that this team does not alleviate in the next 13 days, maybe 21 days. Uh, it, it could be a problem for this team.
1: What are the biggest ones? Is that, is that what you're alluding to with the turnovers, or, or what, what would you clean up if you had a magic wand?
12: I mean, if I could wave a magic wand for this team and tell them that they were not going to make any special teams mistakes, mm-hmm. honestly, that's the one I would take right now. Yeah. Um, the offensive turnovers, they're a small concern, but they haven't been my overarching concern the entire season, mostly because I think that you're going to have to live with some Patrick Mahomes turnovers. so Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. That's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he throws the football a lot. You throw the football a lot; you're going to have some mistakes. I mean, that's just inevitable. But you know what? If you don't make some mistakes, you're also not going to throw 40 touchdown passes. Right. So it's a it's two sides of the same coin. The problem, the turnover problem for me has been that they weren't creating enough turnovers. And this defense and what Steve Spagnuolo does is designed to create turnovers. And when you're not doing that, that's a problem. And I think once again, I mean, we're seeing I think some improvements in that direction. I think when you play a lot of rookies, turnovers are something that you know come later. That's not usually turn- rookies are not usually turnover machines, unless they're the rare unicorns like a Marcus Peters or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to you have to wait for these guys to develop. And right now, I mean, you saw a couple of turnovers today, brought to you by your rookies. Yep,
1: that's that's the thing on the defensive side when you talk about reinforcements. That there there was positive reinforcement for me on the defensive side because we talked about this, um, you know, briefly after the Seahawks game. But I was really encouraged by the defense's general like aggressiveness. And I don't mean that just as a schematic thing, but like it just felt like the defense was moving forward towards the football, towards the ball carrier, playing aggressively, but not recklessly team tackling all of those things. And I saw that continue today, which I was optimistic about and thrilled to see that come up for the most part today. I don't feel the need to hang the the seven points after the the fumble. I don't really hang that on the defense. You would love, you're would you allowed to get a stop there. You're allowed to make it three instead of seven. You get a takeaway, but like, that, doesn't, that doesn't shake my confidence. And then the Broncos absolutely had a couple of longer drives in the second half that were frustrating or aided by penalties and all of those, those issues. But the, the core of what I wanted to see from the defense today did show up. It was a little more consistent pass rush and that aggressiveness, particularly from the young guys. Uh, am, I, am I wearing rose-colored glasses because my standards are too low, or, or is this a, a still a positive direction for the defense?
12: No, I, I don't think you are wearing rose-colored glasses, because I, I would look at this and say a lot of the same things I said last week. Yep. Um, I saw a lot of gang tackling, a lot of guys surrounding the football. I didn't see, and once again, I mean, I couldn't name for you right now, off the top of my head, a blatantly missed tackle that this team made.
1: Yeah, uh, wow, how weird is that?
12: I mean, from a from an aggression, you mentioned the aggression, and I'm with you. I think that's a good thing. Yes. There were maybe a couple of times where the aggression cost him in some moments because you know you can over pursue and create some opportunities, and I think that happened a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I mean, no, I think you are seeing this defense playing with a lot more speed and a lot more comfort, and that those are good things. And I think that is indicative of the cliche we've been hearing the last week or so, which is these rookies aren't rookies anymore. Yeah, They should be playing like that, and they are. I mean, so that's a, that's a good sign. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to me, I, I still think there's a lot more positive to take out of this game than probably negatives.
1: Yeah, I, I do, too, at least especially defensively, because uh, particularly with the, the rookie corners, who I, I this sort of high football IQ plays, but not in the film room sense of just like high high football IQ reactions, maybe where it feels like guys are taking better angles I, every week now, or like I guess every week, the last two weeks, most of the rookies I have seen like find a spot in the backfield on a screen to Jerry Judy or somebody else on the Seahawks uh, and, and reroute him. And then Willie Gay comes over and cleans it up or another corner comes in and cleans it up like that. That was so desperately missing from the defense. To see that return, or just to see that here at all, and with all those rookies, with, with um, Brian Cook playing a lot more and seeming to be in good positions most of the time, super encouraging. So if you want to keep going on the encouraged route, I'd love to hear that. I'm also still a little nervous about the middle of the defense being a place where quarterbacks are happy to throw the football, especially if they end up going up against a quarterback who's tall enough to see over his offensive line.
12: Well, and that could be a problem. But I'll tell you what, I mean, I'm I'm not as worried about that. I mean, you know, I'm okay because it's the NFL of 2023. Yeah. You're going to give up passes. You're going to give up plays. You know what you can't give up? You can't give up George Jackson to catch. Yep. And that's what this team isn't doing right now. I mean, they are absolutely stopping guys in their track. And, you know, some of that is you don't let the ball get behind you, you don't get beat deep, which they're not doing. And I think that goes to a little bit about the speed upgrade that this team has. And, Certainly, a little bit of the maybe you mentioned it earlier. I mean, the, the football IQ, the reactions that these guys have, um, but also, I mean, look at Nick Bolton. The dude's got 165 tackles this season. That's an eraser. I mean, mm-hmm. that's Derek Johnson. So, for whatever you know critiques you might have of, of Nick Bolton and his play, it has been since DJ in his prime that you have had a guy like that in the middle of your defense. That's the difference maker. A guy that gets guys on the ground, that's a big deal. And i tell you what, what I thought was probably the, the most encouraging and nicest play was,
13: was Trent McDuffie's sack. Uh,
12: yeah. that, was a, that was a really veteran move. The way that he came in and swipes it, you know, Russell Wilson's arm to get the ball out of there. A lot of defensive backs in a blitz like that would just drill the quarterback. And you do that, and Wilson might get that ball out of there. Yeah. But, you know, by going for the arm and knocking it, I mean, that was a pretty savvy play.
1: Uh, also pretty savvy plays and answers from Chris Jones around his pair of, am I allowed to tackle this man, please, sir? Please, can I tackle this quarterback? Uh, I, I am curious if there's anything around that in the uh, the post game that you thought was as, as funny and totally reasonable and non-sarcastic as I did.
12: Uh, you know, I thought it was really fun when uh, I asked you know Chris first about that fact at the end, and he gave a pretty analytical answer about you know the fact that, that a similar plan happened earlier. he had a mm-hmm. conversation with the officials about what is he supposed to do mm-hmm. and why won't you blow the whistle? And then uh, you know, Todd came in and asked the question and, and really excited Chris. and that I mean, if you haven't seen Chris's answer or heard it on the show yet. Mm-hmm. Absolutely go back and listen to it on the pod. Yes. You know, because the Chris, Chris Jones on that, that last answer to Todd was, um, it was a work of art. I mean, that's what we're in the business for. Yeah. It's it was an absolutely uh, beautiful answer from Chris Jones.
1: It was, a, it was a defensive player of the year caliber answer <laughs> post game uh, for, for a guy who's been stupendous. Uh, anything else, Matt? Last thing as we get you out of here. Anything else either coming up on Chiefs Digest people need to keep an eye out for or elements of this game that you th- think are noteworthy that we'll certainly talk about when we uh, have you in on Friday for the zone? Yeah,
12: one thing we haven't talked about, and we're not definitely to to put a, a pen in, are the injuries. Yeah. Um, you know, with Joe Tooney going to be one to watch. I mean, there's going to be an MRI tomorrow, and we will see what we hear from that. Um, that could be a concern. Legarius Need with the hip, even though he came back in, I would still have some concerns about that because that that guy looked like he was in a lot of pain. Um, So maybe at least something that's going to have some question marks for week 18. Um, But other than that, yeah, you know, one thing I'm going to be writing about is Blake Bell. You know, I think Mm -hmm. you know people people didn't realize this. That was his first you know regular season touchdown of his career.
1: Yeah, I had no idea.
12: And, and coming after, you know, the injury this year, everything that he's gone through, and, and Blake Bell is honestly just one of the most likable guys in the world. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a fun guy to you know, have around, and he's always, you know, in the locker room, always has a smile. So, you know, it's, it's good that when good things happen to guys like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, well, we'll keep an eye on ChiefsDigest.com the rest of the week. We'll talk to you on Friday, Matt. Uh, in the meantime... Happy New Year. I hope you uh what time did you go to bed last night? I'm going to take the under on midnight, but that's without knowing. Beard, you want to take an over under on uh 11:59 on, on Matt Derek's bedtime last night? Um as an under Did he make it to midnight? midnight? Did no. did Matt I don't think so either. Matt, your result?
12: Well, well what are we counting going to bed? Because Ooh. I I believe I was in bed at like 10:40 maybe. Okay. But I was awake until probably like twelve fifteen.
1: So, so at like at midnight, laying in bed, did you like get a little like party horn or anything? Just
12: um, no. If anything, I was just trying to block out the fireworks and different noises <laughs> that were coming from my neighborhood. So.
1: <laughs> well, uh, happy twenty twenty three, regardless, Matt. Maybe uh, maybe next year we, we come up with a way to really celebrate that, ring in the new year with uh, all the all the festivities that you so clearly yearn for. And
12: see, I can once again, I can put it in the sports terms. I can't tell you the exact time that I went to bed, but I can <laughs> tell you that I went to go brush my teeth after Noah Ruggles missed that field goal.
1: Okay, all right. So we've got a we've got a a sports axis and a uh, fireworks axis to triangulate exactly exactly what time you uh, you you went to dreamland. Matt, thank you, uh, thank you as always. And really, I mean it. Happy New Year.
12: Happy New Year, and I uh, cannot wait to once again see you on Friday, and uh, we will get to continue having these wonderful conversations.
1: About mostly kicking. Thank you, Matt. Matt Derrick, at ChiefsDigest.com, on Twitter, at Matt Derrick. We'll take one more timeout here. We'll come back and hear from the Broncos' side briefly before we send you into 2023, as the Chiefs are victorious over the Broncos, 27-24. to 24.
0: Clock continues to move, 25 seconds to play. Wilson under pressure. He got hit from behind. The ball is loose. Kansas City has it on the near side. George Karlaftis with the recovery and Trent McDuffie with the hit.
1: Trent McDuffie came around and wrangled Russell Wilson. And then George Karlaftis went to the grass to pick it up. That place brought to you by Greengrass Cattle Company. I didn't say all those words for no reason, that was puns on purpose! Great folks over at Greengrass Cattle Company do great work and they make a great product. You can visit their store in Weston, Missouri, off 45 Highway, less than a mile from their ranch or order online at GreengrassCattleCo.com and they'll deliver right to your door. They're locally owned and operated. We've been out there and visited the ranch, saw the whole operation, got to meet everybody out there, got to meet a couple of cows out there just having a good time and uh, really overall just I, I can't speak highly enough about what we saw when we were out there with the good people at Greengrass. Grass Cattle Co. So visit them again online. GreengrassCattleCo.com. Also, look, I can speak a little bit highly of the Broncos coaching job today. I haven't been able to do that all season, but Jerry Rosberg uh, acquitted himself. Nicely enough, it seemed. Broncos fans seemed pretty happy to have him there, calling the shots on the sideline. It's still a coaching staff that certainly has its issues, will certainly get retooled, and maybe he'll remain on the staff going forward. But we always like to hear from the opposing head coach, certainly true today, as he takes his first podium time as an NFL head coach. Brought to you by Metcalf Carstar.
18: Brought to you by Metcalf Carstar. If your vehicle gets sacked on the road, take it to Metcalf Carstar, the collision repair experts. They make it convenient and easy to get back on the road. Go to CarStar.com and search Metcalf CarStar. CarStar, relax. They'll take it from here.
10: Hoping that as a result of that contest, they may have a little bit more. But I also told them this, that I understand. I understand what they've been through. I understand how they may have doubts. I understand how they may be thinking internally rather than externally. I understand. I'm also heartbroken for them because there's a number of guys in that room that unequivocally bought in and sold out and the vision that I had with how we play, not what play calls there were, not not what coverages we run, but how we play the game. I saw evidence that guys were listening and I saw evidence also that whatever Relationship issues these players may have had with one another after going through all of this that they've gone through It's easy to splinter But I saw guys picking each other off the pile. I saw a couple of defenders push one of their players out of the way Pull him off the pile and get their player up. I saw the bench engaging in Interactive coaching with offensive linemen and, and secondary players and coaches digging in to do all they could possibly do to win that game. So. That all said, it wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough. And uh, I'm heartbroken for those guys because they. They both des- deserved. A win. And I'm heartbroken for our Denver fans Because. This, this whole streak thing that, that you all know about and if I keep getting asked about that I think is just fantasy has got to stop. And the only way it's going to stop is if we stop making errors down the stretch in the game or we stop making errors at the beginning of the game that put us behind the eight ball. Those things got to stop. So I'm, I made a commitment to those men in that room to be a better coach this week. I've got one week to coach this team and I got to be better this week and they got to be better. They got to pay it more deep more attention to the details that put us in those situations but having said that, I have my uh, I have the most the, the deepest respect and gratitude to those men in that room because they fought they fought to the very end and uh, that's worth a lot to me so with that I'll feel any questions that you might have
14: sure, it looked like you were pretty upset there.
10: Um, no, the fourth down play was the fourth down play. I, I, I'm okay, so I'm the interim head coach, right? But I know how the NFL office works when it comes to coaches criticizing officials. I thought that's a fine crew, and there's a lot of good officials, and this is a hard game to officiate. Now, that doesn't mean I can't have my disagreements. So, um, what's the word that's kind of innocuous? Unfortunate, perhaps. That's pretty harmless. So uh, yeah, there's there was an unfortunate um, no call during that game that I I uh, disagree with. How's that? Is that okay? Yeah. Coach, was the game plan to have Russell get back to his running ways? How do you feel like he was able to spread open the offense and get back to running with those two? Well, the game, the game plan, real frankly, was to play complimentary football. These guys heard it from me all week long, and that included Russell Wilson because he's such an integral part of the offense and our, and our whole team. So whatever it takes, I didn't call those plays. I didn't design those plays. The offensive coaches did to their credit, and I thought it was a good way of getting us first downs to control the ball, control the clock, and play with our defense and play with our special teams to give us an opportunity to win in the fourth quarter, which we did not. Unfortunate, the word of the day. Uh, highly, highly unfortunate. Oh, we'll we'll see. I I have to look at the tape. I,
5: I'm
10: so, I'm sorry. I don't understand the question. Yeah, we're we we're going for it. We we're trying to win, sir. We here's the deal. Like. We didn't come here to try to look good and you know hold up. We came here to win. So you may have seen some fourth down calls earlier. I think we got a penalty on them and won. We got another one. We, we were sneaking one. We, those players deserved to win. And we were going to be aggressive in that, last, that whole last series. And we had talked about it with Brad and Mark up, upstairs. And those were goes. We were going to win. We weren't going to go for a tie. We were going to kick a field goal. We were trying to send it to overtime. We need to win a game. So that's what we were thinking. I've been in Albert Ozier all week long because I think he's a highly talented individual and he he uh, I haven't seen him on the field much this year and i'm I was just uh, curious as to why that was because he's he's a good looking athlete and you may have saw me over there in the tight end drills earlier in the week it was for a reason so I was happy that he turned it about and he had whatever jitters he might have had he it seemed to me that he settled down because he's a big, talented guy and he needs to play, he needs to play well. We
12: saw a number of plays made on, on special teams today, the, you know, big where Alex was In the big player big play field Alex the first
6: what, what were you just, uh, I guess, happy with what you thought of that unit that uh, was the
10: lucky? Mm. Yeah, I was, yes, I was happy about that play. I was happy about the blocked field goal. I wasn't happy about the opening kickoff return. I wasn't happy about it getting a touchback I mean, there's special teams has to be finely tuned. These players, these players need to play with fundamentals. We worked so hard this week on teaching these players how to play special teams. I saw that out there. We played penalty free on special teams, if I'm not mistaken. We played with aggression. We played with fundamentals. And uh, good things happen when you do that. It's not about scheme. It's not about
1: all that. It's just just play well, and
10: that fits with the offense and the defense.
1: Jerry Rosberg there with a pretty interesting post-game press conference. His first game as interim head coach doesn't want to get fined for criticizing the officials, doesn't know why Alberto wasn't playing more, and we're trying to win, sir. I, I understand why Broncos fans enjoy the change of tone. I'm not sure uh, what the, the plan is for the future of that franchise, but... A little rejuvenating energy for a team that had absolutely none of it for quite a while. Coming up later on here tonight on Sports Radio 810 WHB, Steelers at Ravens on Sunday Night Football here on your home for the NFL, following the Chiefs victory here in Week 17 of the NFL season. 27-24, victorious over the Broncos. This has been the Sports Radio 810 WHB Post Game Show, presented by CBD American Shaman. For Beards McFly, I'm Joshua Briscoe. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning in the zone. Till then, bye mom!